0: What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And joining
1: us from Sanctus is uh, Wes Slover, Chad Walbrink, and Trevor Richardson. Hey.
2: Hey there.
0: And MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, we're working for the man. You can email us info at mograf.com Let us know what you think about the show. Questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, artist suggestions, show topic ideas. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Hi, TikTok. Hello oh, TikTok and mograph. Check us out on the things. I'm watching the TikToks. We got two people watching us right wow. now. Oh yeah, can Ooh, can two they, whole people. Can they actually hear us or do they only hear no. you? No, they can only <laughs> hear me. That's it's, a, it's a TikTok trick. That's what you do. You oh. you run your live and then you just get part of the conversation, so people feel like they're missing out, and then they have Gosh, to go to your YouTube. Yeah. or oh, they can oh, yeah. fill
3: in the audio themselves, right? That's right. like a TikTok thing.
0: Yeah, they could make it up. <laughs> yeah, they could stitch it. They could do whatever you nice. know do a little dance or something um do so do today dancing. we're going to have an audio show we're yes. going to talk about audio and uh audio relation in relation to motion graphics as well i think it's going to be a lot of fun mm-hmm. especially those who are interested in getting started uh we do have uh, a few things that we need to take care of real quick in the week wrap up before we get to everything else uh first thing that I uh, wanted to mention is this is interesting is the Giga Factory here in in uh, Texas yeah. just open? Yeah. Elon's Giga Factory down mm-hmm. in uh, Houston, uh, Austin, Austin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it's where Elon Musk
1: makes his tweets. <laughs>
0: he manufactures <laughs> he them, manufactures yeah. his tweets. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Mike Winkleman was down there. He did all the graphics for mm-hmm. the side of the building for the open and everything. I don't know if you saw this video. I did of their grand opening with like the. Uh, the drones doing like aerial yeah, shows with it's lights. it's ridiculous and, how big
1: that place is oh man
0: they just got cars hanging up everywhere like ornaments and yeah uh so you know mr mike beepleman was mike was Beeple. you know <laughs> tweeting out stories and all that kind of stuff so it was very interesting looking and of course the other thing that happened this week is unreal 5 was released early
1: yay so that's fun
0: Yay! That messes up some of our
1: timelines.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we were about to release this course. It had a little bit on Unreal 5 in it, but Mm -hmm. we thought, okay, it's probably going to be a year before Unreal 5 comes out. No big deal. And uh, so it's out early. Yep. So uh, how does that affect the course? Well... We're not going to release it right away like we're about to. We're going to have to make some changes. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, on Windbush's course, it's not as big of a deal because this is just an intro to using Unreal. Um, I know the interface is different, but there's going to be a lot of things that are the same. Mm -hmm. And people are asking about, you know, what's the next course going to be from Windbush? if that's the case is he going to we're not going to do a full repackage like we did it's just yeah. too different yeah. in unreal 5 to do uh, so we'll figure something out on that he, but make sure you check us out on uh, mograph showed, classes check out all the you know all the classes that he we showed have off some of the
1: there. nanite stuff at uh, motion plus design a few weeks ago and mm. it was fantastic like that stuff yeah. is way cool he brought in this uh, 3d scanned boxing glove that was like nine million polygons and it ran buttery (laughs) smooth it's crazy
0: yeah so that'll be interesting to play with i think that'll be nice too while we're getting into some of our rococo stuff Mm -hmm. that we're going to be learning when our suit comes in yeah uh i think it'll be you know maybe valuable for us to just jump right into unreal 5 yeah let's do it and uh, see what we can do there you know uh that's uh that's part of the week wrap up let's see what else we got uh, yeah, check out the classes: our Houdini course, Unreal course, the Procreate brush up course that Caitlin mm-hmm. does. It's really good if you want to learn Super how good. to get into drawing, especially on the iPad. Uh, it is not a learn how to draw course; it's a how to draw on the iPad course. Yeah. Um, you, do you have to be an artist? No. Nope. Um, I'm not. But right, <laughs> but it's a great course anyway. So, uh, and then let's let's talk about camp updates real quick yeah. as well. No camp updates, really. No
1: camp updates. We do have a couple of things that we're going to announce here in the next few weeks, um, but in the meantime, make sure you set your calendars because tickets go on sale on the twentieth, mm-hmm. which is like a week and a half away. So yeah. um, make sure, because I have a feeling they're going to go quick. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it and say don't they're going to sell it. out real yeah. quick, but like, <laughs> you know. If last year is an indication of this year, then yeah, they're going to go quick, you know. Um, but yeah it 's going to be it 's going to be fantastic i 'm super excited about camp and huge shout out to all of our sponsors um otoy of course, our global sponsor Otoy is helping present Camp MoGraph to everyone uh, as well as our village sponsors Maxon and video Pilot, and our gold level sponsor Grace gorilla uh, super excited to have all of them on board and you should be seeing a few people from all of those different companies at camp it 'll be fun to hang out mm-hmm. you know so yeah, yeah, April twentieth noon eastern time uh we got two different types of uh, tickets you can either get the community cabin the standard cabin community cabin or uh we've got single room ones available now uh but very limited those are extremely limited so you know if you're if you're hell bent on only getting a single room go for the single room but if you don't really care i'd say go for the community cabin because there's more of those so right um Anything else about yeah.
0: that? I don't know. Yeah, that's it. That, that happens that day. Maxon makes an announcement that day. We yeah. fly to Vegas that day. Fly to
1: Vegas. It's going to be a heck yeah. of a day. A lot
0: going on that day. Yeah. Yeah. So 420. 420. So. <laughs> it has a so. special
1: reason. I don't know why.
0: I don't yeah, know. I don't know what it is about it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot going on that day. We're going to go out to, be- to Vegas. And by the way, make sure that uh, you are booked for vegas and you got mm-hmm. your tickets and things that you need make sure you got a ticket to the mograph meetup that's going to be happening on sunday make sure that you come and find us to get your wristband so that you can uh, go to the after party actually make sure you hit up Maxon for a wristband to their pinball party first and yes. then a wristband to go to the limo slash karaoke thing that we're doing afterwards it'll be fun uh mm-hmm. and uh Man, the slots for that are already filling up, so let us know. Get yep. in the NAB Slack channel yeah. as well. In our Slack, our and make sure Slack, you talk yeah. to people. Our NAB Slack channel, and then, um, is that it for NAB? Yeah, there's the Mograph NAB guide that we did with us and EJ. If you go mm-hmm. to Mograph.com/slash NAB 2022, you can check that out. It also plays, uh, throughout the week, sometimes on Mograph TV, so yes. make sure you check that out. That's You're also going TV. to be seen. Yeah, look look at that, yeah. <laughs> I have if, uh, it on. T- why don't you? Yeah, that's right, that's right. Put on <laughs> MoGraph TV in your in your place of business, in your uh, in your studio, at home, wherever. Turn it on. Yeah. Yank the knob off. Watch MoGraph. Make your kids watch it before they
1: go to bed. You know,
0: it's not just us; it's other <laughs> people. You're not just watching us all day, although yeah. you do see replays of some of our shows, but. Mm. Uh, you see stuff from Maxon, and you see stuff from Rocket Lasso, and you see Sarovsky. You see so many different things throughout the day. This week, you're going to be seeing uh, the Camp MoGraph sound pack video mm. that, that y'all have. So make sure you tune in for that. Check that out uh, on MoGraph TV. And, uh, and, and also on MoGraph.com, check out our articles. We have an article on Jags that mm. you got to check out. Um, we just about his Halo one recreation, too, right? Yeah, we just came out with another one last week, and then this week we've got one about the Matrix that's coming out as well. So, lots of stuff to see on the site. Go hang out there, and uh, that's a lot of week wrap up. But we got through it. Nothing yeah, else wasn't
1: too long. It was only ten minutes. We've okay, had much pr- longer weeks, good, I guess.
0: allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Here we go again.
0: Some of y'all heard the allegedly yeah. Easter egg last week. It's good. It's if really you good. listen to the audio, the nice, like, beautiful audio version of the show that is put together every week, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I guess that's most of you, yeah. technically, because I haven't had a commute in so long that I
1: have not listened to the audio version of the show in a really long time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the audio version of the show we spend <clears throat> time on, uh, it sounds a lot better than what you're listening to on YouTube, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> And speaking of audio, yeah. let's, uh, let's get into it now. And let's talk about audio for motion graphics. Uh, first thing we're probably going to do, though, is have each one of you introduce yourselves yeah. and kind of talk about what you do in audio, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, specifically, like, what are your specialties? The, and then as a whole, we'll talk about how you all um, got into audio and how you started Work. working together. Yeah. Yeah. Let me start with Wesley, I guess.
3: Cool. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I I started Sanctus about uh, 10 years ago um, as a freelancer and um, uh, really got my start as a sound designer working with motion graphics. Um, at that time, there was like a, a, a big community of uh, motion designers on Vimeo. And so I'd collaborate with people on like test animations and kind of stuff that you see on Instagram now. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh started writing more music. Um and now that the company's grown more and I have more of a team, um I don't do a lot of sound design myself, but uh creative direct it and then uh write a good chunk of music.
4: Cool.
1: That's cool.
4: That's awesome. Should we go down the line, I guess? Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um yeah, so I uh I have been working with Sanctus from like twenty seventeen till now or so. Um I got into audio in like early high school, probably, and then went to college with Trevor down in Nashville at Belmont University. Um, I spent a little bit of time at an animation company doing sound design um, after college, and then went freelance in twenty uh, tw- twenty at the end of twenty sixteen, and then I. Very quickly, tre- Trevor hooked me up with uh, Wes, and we started working together, and I've I've mainly been f- been doing freelance work for Wes for the last, uh, you know, five or six years or so, um, which has been great, so,
2: yeah.
0: Ah, uh, Belmont. Yeah, Belmont. Yeah, yeah, Nashville, <laughs> spent lots of time in Murfreesboro. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: What were you doing yeah. in Murfreesboro?
0: Oh, you know, just trying to get famous. Nah- no, just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, most people were going to Nashville for you know to get famous. Yeah, uh, totally. I mean I, that's kind of always the thing. And like they say, uh, nobody who lives in Nashville is from Nashville. Right. So, um, I was actually there because I got a job working on the road cool. back in two thousand and one. Yeah. Cool. So, um, I moved there. I was out in Murfreesboro for about a year before I realized I could still do my job and travel without living in the boonies. <laughs> nice. And uh, I could go back to my family in Dallas. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's perfect. But, yeah. That's awesome. A lot of expansion around that area from what I hear since yeah. back in that, that time. Totally. So, nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I moved away like six years ago or seven years ago. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's changed even a lot since then. It was changing seven years ago.
0: So y'all met at Belmont then? was that, is, is that right? Yeah. So yeah, me no. and Chad met at Belmont. And
2: then I ended up uh, moving to Seattle um, a, a little over six years ago um, and came here and met a friend of Wes because Wes grew up in in the, the Northwest and lived in Seattle for a long time. Um, and we were just talking audio and uh, he realized that I was interested in a lot of things that Wes was doing and got us connected that way. And uh, yeah, and then we kind of... Um, became connected and started doing small projects here and there. And then I've been full-time working with Sanctus for six years, um, which has been awesome. It's just been a, been a blast. And and that's how I met Wes. And then I knew Chad was already doing sound promotion stuff and mm-hmm. uh, was a great fit to be a part of the team too. And so, you know, it's all kind of become a nice family along the way.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'd say kind of as far as backgrounds go, the thing that the three of us have in common, and I think a lot of people who end up uh, doing... Like sound design professionals, we all went to school for like audio engineering, like to record bands. Basically, is that fair to say, yeah. guys? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Chad, you're like the only mm-hmm. one who really does that <laughs> out of us. Well, you <laughs> yeah. and, and our producer Jake too. He's got a yeah. he's he's not on the call, but he uh, he has a great uh, studio that he he works with artists in too. Mm-hmm. But I and think Trevor, like for... Trevor does mastering
4: too, and he's great. So I use him all the time. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's uh, yeah, that's that's a tough thing too. You know, everybody that I watch on TikToks and things is always talking about mastering and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody has different opinions on mastering and the best way to go about it. And yeah, um, yeah, I can imagine that that's pretty, uh, you gotta have a really, really good ear for that, that final, you know, that, that last 1%, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful part of the process
2: and it is a lot of like critical listening, but it's more of just like time and effort and care and, People like to make it all like black magic-y, like you're doing something spooky to make it sound <laughs> this is crazy, but it's really, uh, it's really not all that, uh, complex.
0: It's just thoughtfulness in the end. You mean you don't just hit a button and it's mastered? Ah,
4: yeah.
2: uh, I do. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it's, there's some incredible AI tools for, uh, <laughs> yes, the AI <are laughs> mastering. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The tonal matching stuff that I've been seeing lately, I haven't played with it, but the tonal matching things and all of that, like that's mm-hmm. got me interested. I don't know how accurate that is, really, but... Uh, it can be really yeah. useful, yeah. 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 Um, what is your what is your um, software of choice, I, I guess, for all of you? I, do you all pretty much do the same thing? Or are you, you know, you got some rivalries going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we all work in
2: Pro Tools. Uh, well, just because we are all working and jumping in and out of each other's sessions. Mm-hmm. And we want to have that free flowing <laughs> collaboration sort of thing. But then we also do branch out a little bit where Wes has been, uh, I'll let Wes speak to it, but could been composing a lot in Ableton. Yeah. Um, mm, and I'm now starting to dabble in Ableton as well. Cause it, it's super useful for, <laughs> for certain projects and that sort of thing. But pro yeah, tools has good. been kind of the baseline for all of us for a long time.
1: I love Pro Tools. I I use that's what I learned on, you know, and I've been, I, I, but I don't, I don't, I don't currently use it. I, so (laughs) I use, um, uh, I use Audition right now, and uh, I have been using Audition since it was Cool Edit Pro 2.0. Yeah, do y'all nice. remember that? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, funny story I was hanging out with a bunch of people from Adobe, you know, and I mentioned that story that I had been using it from Cool Edit Pro 2.0, and they said, Oh, do you know this person? And I was like, Why does that name sound so familiar? And they're like, Oh, that was the name that you used for the cracked oh, yeah. version of it.
5: And I was Uh-oh. like, whoops. <laughs> 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 wow.
0: <laughs> uh. It's like any uh, any old old school Mac QuickTime user might mm-hmm. know Pablo Knop. Pablo <laughs> slash Knop. That it's was funny. one of the uh, usernames that everybody used for QuickTime back okay, in the day. Okay. You know? Wow. That's so um, funny. L- we've got some requests, of course, to talk about uh, tools and such. Well, yeah, we're going to get in all of that. We're going to get in all of that. I think it's going to be fun. I think... That uh, if if you're if you're making sound effects or music for uh, for motion, man, it can I won't say make or break it, but it could definitely give it a, a different feel.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I know you all got a lot of experience in that. Um, I'm I wonder it would be kind of cool if uh, to have maybe two or three versions of a video with like <laughs> different kind of audio and say you know look how this affects this you know um how how different is
1: doing audio for motion versus just doing like Mm. regular not regular audio like audio for like any sort of like like a commercial or like you know anything like that what what differentiates audio for motion versus anything else
4: you get nothing for free usually (laughs) it's like it's all like made up sounds for for a lot of it because you're you're kind of like matching to an object or some kind of crazy ui that does not exist yet and so yeah i don't know wet west probably has more thought on that
3: well i yeah i mean i think that in some ways sound design for motion is easier because it doesn't have to be realistic right Right. you can kind of do whatever you Mm. want you don't have dialogue tracks that you have to work to like you have there's there's a lot of control right um but with uh, – it's also difficult because you also – there's there's so many possibilities of what you mm-hmm. could do with a, a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be pretty tough. I know we did our first, like, full, like – how long was that, uh, Trevor? Uh, escape, I guess we can say escape attempt because it's, it's public and they're shopping it around. But, like, we did our first pilot uh, for a live-action science fiction thing, and that was, like a, – a, I mean, we had done a handful of live action, but that was a really good experience for us, like doing it, like performed fully
2: for things. Mm-hmm. And cool. Totally. Yeah, it definitely does feel like a different ballgame. And, you know, we've done a lot of both, even though a lot of our core work has been the motion graphics world and the motion graphics community. Um, they're both really fun, but you are very much like when you're working to video footage of a scene, someone walking, there's just so many little expectations that people don't know they have. But mm-hmm. if you see a scene and that's done poorly, you know it's done poorly quickly because you know what it's supposed to sound like. Right, but with yeah. motion graphics, if you're like talking about if it's abstract or if it's um, silly or serious or sci fi or whatever it is, like there are so many fewer expectations of what that thing is going to sound like. And you can push those boundaries and like get Definitely. away with it. And you can be a lot more experimental in a lot of ways.
1: So you're saying sound for motion graphics is easier than everything else? just joking
2: not (laughs) really honestly (laughs) it's more that it's it gives you more freedom i think yeah um
0: but something that i've noticed a lot is that when i'm doing audio for motion graphics you end up putting a lot into a small amount of space right like you might be working with like a five second graphic you're putting a lot into that as opposed to maybe if you were Doing sound effects for like a TV show or something, where it's like, okay, here's a whole minute segment where I'm going to put, you know, some ambient audio of the streets, and then, you know, you know, you're you're cramming a lot in there, right? Um, if I, I guess um, one question is going to be like, if somebody wants to get into this for the first time, what's going to be the path of least resistance? What tools can they use? What plugins could they mm-hmm. use? Um, there's a lot to dig into there. Um, but barrier to entry is always a tough thing. You want to get something like Ableton, uh, what are they on? 11 or 12 right now? 11. Yeah. 11. Uh, Mm -hmm if you want to go all the way and get all the things, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Like, yeah. yeah. What would be like step number one for someone who wants to just start?
4: Well, uh, what I will say is
3: what, what would not be step one probably is Ableton. Cause Ableton, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I love, I love making music in Ableton. It's, it's mm-hmm. been really, really great for my workflow. I cannot stand. and we have a joking uh, rivalry with a friend on our Slack about how, like I cannot stand cutting sound effects in Ableton. Like it's just not built for that. Right. It's built it's for not, like no. making exactly. music and stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'll let mm-hmm. like Chadfield, that because he's he's had some more experience in kind of uh yeah. figuring out like sound design for motion designers because i would imagine most people listening are motion designers who are interested in also doing sound um yeah. but also you know if it's in the comments if, if if that's not really the case but yeah, yeah. i'll let you take a and
0: Chad. you know and a lot of times i'll either just i'm either doing it just right in my video editing program or i'm using um i'm using audition because it's free with yeah Adobe, but besides Audition, I guess. <laughs>
4: well, I you mean, know. my first uh, response would be potentially to use Audition and um, to utilize some of the tools that are built into that um, to, to help you get there. I mean, so, I mean, I, 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 I've done a, a bit of research into this. I, I will say, like, I'm not, like, an Adobe expert, so if I say anything <laughs> that's completely, like, yeah whatever um but uh but i I would say like yeah if you want to stay in that ecosystem there's a lot of great tools and ways to um interface between the like the different softwares like obviously adobe is like extremely connected between all the different softwares and um like even within premiere there's like a way to just like open you know an audio clip or all of the audio Mm -hmm. clips in in your Mm -hmm. session directly into audition i'm um I don't know how common that is for you guys or not, but um, that's a really great way to imedi- yeah. immediately get into, like, an audio environment that's a little more catered to, like, audio production or um, sound design. Right. Um, And, yeah, and, th- and then there's a bunch of tools in Audition that I was actually kind of, like, as I was, like, researching it, it's like, oh, there's, like, stuff in here that, like, Pro Tools can't do or, like, Ableton can't do that's, <laughs> <is>, like, very <laughs> catered to, like, kind of the work that you guys would probably be doing more so is, like – um. I, a few things I wanted to like, kind of throw out to people is like the uh, the Adobe Audition, like the the remix function. In that is incredible. I don't know if have you guys ever heard of that before.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, um, the I've heard of it in Premiere now. I haven't tried it. Yeah, it, I think it it's probably works in Premiere version. as well.
4: Yeah, it's in yeah. a newer version. But so basically, what it does is like if you have a music track that you're trying to cut to to your video, it will instead of just time stretching, it will actually make automatic cuts for you and like uh, create loops of sections for you so that it will fit whatever time you're trying to get it to, which is really powerful. So I mean, I I, that's like, that's an amazing feature that like Pro Tools does not do or like, you know, a lot of the other big DAWs, digital audio workstations, they do not have that kind of functionality. So you use that to your advantage.
0: I, 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 I've wanted to try that, but, like, I'm very old school with that. Yeah. I do the old trick where sure. you put the beginning of the music at the beginning and the, where you want it to end at the end, and you find a good low point somewhere right. to just switch over to the other track where someone's not going to hear it. Sure. You know? sure. Nice, but, nice, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, a, a couple other things really quick, too. Like, the um, the essential sound panel is, like, a newer feature of edition 2 where yeah. it actually allows you to say, like, okay, this audio clip is like it's either a voiceover or a voice and and then it's a a music track is another option and then there's sound effects and ambience so you can you get these tools automatically that are kind of catered to these different things that you are trying to sweeten or 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 make better in your in your audio um and like one of the really cool things with that too is if you have a music track you can actually have it automatically duck to the voiceover Mm -hmm. and so like that's already like uh, you know, a third of our job as mm-hmm. uh, sound designers is just getting the voiceover. Hey, over hey whoa! So much.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: but I mean, but seriously, like, like that's a lot of like what we do. Like, we take pride in uh, you know making the voiceover and the music and the sound design all fit, fit together. But like, you get those kind of tools like really out of the box with Audition, which is really cool.
0: They um, yeah, also I really I really love to drill down into sure. um, Audition if I'm doing you know just like some ambience and some light sound effects yeah. and stuff in there rather than Ableton because yeah. it's really easy to get into stuff like stereo and you know, panning and yes. and all that kind of stuff real quick. I also really like the um the um uh denoise features yes yeah inside of Audition. Yeah.
4: It's yeah, yeah. very yeah. good. It's really powerful.
1: Um That's what I use it for most of the time. Yeah.
4: Yes. Yeah and then um I mean, one other thing with Audition, they have like a match loudness tool that's really great as well. So if you have like multiple voices that you're trying to make all the same level, you can actually like select all of mm-hmm. them, um, select, like right click and hit match clip loudness. I think is what it what it, how they call it. Um, and that can be like a really easy way to like you know level out a bunch of different stuff in your in your project. Um, another thing, uh, yeah. So like I mean, outside of Audition, um, one tool that we talk about and. Uh, the video that we're, I think we're releasing today about our, uh, our sound pack um, is soundly is also a a tool that actually all three of us use every day um, separate from our pro tools or Ableton rigs. Um, And it's a, it's a subscription model. So you can actually, you you can turn it on and off like you would a Netflix or whatever, and you get Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of sounds to use like while you have the subscription. Um, And that's a really great way to start, you know, Say you have a, a project that you open audition, an audition, you can start throwing in sounds from their library really quickly, and um, and and really start to fill out a piece of of of, uh, of yeah of sound design, basically, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And, yeah. and uh, it's a great like database software, so it makes yes. it really quick and easy to find the thing that you need. Try things, mm-hmm. get it into exactly. uh, into your your project file. Yeah,
0: I get a little confused sometimes with audition whether or not something mm-hmm. is fully destructive. Have you ever, you know, it's like I'm hitting save, and you know, and I'm like applying this filter. Is this destruct? Like, am I am I saving over this WAV file? Yeah. With this? Or yeah. you know,
4: well, yeah, I I think it, it, there are there's probably like different uh, ways to, to 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 go about it. And I, I think when you're when you're working with audition as like a single audio file, a lot of that stuff is destructive processing. If you're using like mm-hmm. the drop down menus to like. Normalize or whatever you're going to do to it, um, but a lot of times when you're when you're in the multi-track view, if you use it as more of like an effect track or something on it, that's not going to be destructive, and that's going to yeah. be a little um, friendlier to making changes down the road. So, yeah.
0: Um, Palmer's asking in the in the chat: My sound designer is a musician who composes in Ableton mm-hmm. and has been using it for sound design. Should he consider learning Pro Tools for the sound design aspect? outside of composing I mean I mean my my unprofessional opinion would be probably I mean but I mean like you said it's it's kind of hard to do like sound effects and like cut audio in yeah it's not that you
2: can't like you can do a really great job in Ableton and is really great for composing but I think I mean Wes has known this a little bit more specifically and uh Joe would also know this um (laughs) but uh Yeah, it just, you kind of, there's a lot of like kind of frustrating quirks that make it harder that Ableton just really not meant to be like working to picture necessarily where Pro Mm -hmm. Tools is much more built for that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where it just flows better. You're, you know, all the different settings you can do and all the different routing and editing capabilities. You can be a lot more fine tuned and a lot more precise with it.
1: What, Um, what do y'all prefer to use for like live audio? You know, because I I've used Pro Tools in the in the past, as well as Audition in the past for you know recording multi track stuff, and I tried uh, Ableton, huh. and Ugh. it was it was not it was not fun. <laughs> yeah, the question it would be great. like the thing is like what I what I really want to do. So this is the way that I've got it set up, right? I got a couple of different things. I got a little Mackie mixer. I've got a little what is this thing Focus right, right? you know okay. and i want to be able to plug in <laughs> a bass guitar a regular guitar and then use my drum set back here oh, like yeah. electronic drum set right and i want it to all be in sync and stuff like that and blah 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 but i don't know what to use i tried ableton and it's just it's just crap you know. <laughs> but that's that's just me. A lot I don't of it depends on means. if
0: you're trying to use Ableton for playback live or if you're trying to record, trying things to record live things like, live. You're trying to record. Yeah. Right?
1: Like I wanna so. be able to invite a couple friends over and us to just like jam out some old school like punk rock songs and stuff. I love
0: and that. like
3: yeah. So. What you need is a four-track tape recorder. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. I'm going to get you a yeah, test, exactly. scam, You're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, just roll into <laughs> Ableton, dude. Just roll those tracks, you know?
3: Yeah, I mean, so it's kind of like, it's. I would imagine it's similar with, like, motion graphics tools as it's, like, each tool is developed to serve kind of a mm-hmm. need that wasn't being met or whatever. And what mm-hmm. Ableton does incredibly well is it's just, like, it's 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 very modular every it's like you're making lots of little bits and pieces that you kind of can arrange um, yeah. and it's it's really great for that bit because it's built that way it's kind of not as catered toward built to cater towards other things so like right. pro, pro tools is the exact opposite end of the spectrum i would say where like pro tools was basically meant to be like replace a recording console like, you right. know, big mixing board um, and a tape machine and put that in the computer, where Ableton is, like, the opposite. It's more of, like, cre- I don't know. It's more, it's more about, like, like creation-focused, but, like, yeah. I would not want to record, like, a drum set in Ableton mm-hmm. because, it, because it doesn't have the tools for that because they want right. to streamline things to make it, like, I can get here on my, like, drum, drum pads and, like, sequence something really quickly. I don't need all these other features about, you know, keeping my two different kick drum mics separate and you know mm-hmm. you know all this kind of stuff um so i i guess i don't know i i'm kind of losing the thread i guess now we're talking about uh, recording garage bands but uh i feel Sorry, like guys i would it's, say it's, like it's, it's all smart. i've got
1: it's all i've got to give to the conversation <laughs> yeah. no, but it. that's the thing
0: too matt if you got like a, a macbook pro you probably use some some logic pro in there yeah I mean, but like, or, what do you think about logic
4: i grew up
2: on it i love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah logic is great chad's made a lot of amazing records in logic you can Thank do you. Yeah. so much with logic
4: yeah yeah well i uh, a, a few quick thoughts well matt I, I think the thing you're describing like the it being a mess in ableton or whatever it sounds like more of a a, a audio interface issue potentially like mm-hmm. um versus the actual like ableton being the the we'll see
1: what I like about Ableton is that yeah. I can select the uh like different drum sounds and stuff like that yeah, with yeah, my yeah. drum. You know, I don't have to right. stick to the same ones that are there. Right. I really like that or that I could uh I've got a little pedal rack which I can't seem to get to work you know but I like the idea of being yeah. able to use that pedal in order to turn on and off effects for like the guitar and stuff like that you so know you could get that
0: working in live and then record with something else yeah well, you know maybe
3: well I think you could I mean... record it. you could record all that stuff into live. I think like what Chad's saying though is you just need to have like inputs for your interface for each each separate thing, probably. Yeah, and right. you,
4: you, you might have if it's if it's like a latency thing or, or like it feels yeah. like too wonky, it's actually more of like a buffer setting in live or it's actually mm-hmm. um a lot of like interfaces allow you to monitor directly from the interface versus through live and that cuts out some of the software bits so it feels a little more mm-hmm. uh yeah. immediate as you're playing, so you get less of that like you hit a note and then it's like five seconds later. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, delay. Yeah. yeah,
0: even my keyboard does that over here. Sometimes yeah. it drives me insane. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. What are what are some good <laughs> tips on on keeping stuff low latency? You know, is it is it your? I know there's two yeah. kinds of drivers, right? Like like what would be? Is it ASIO you want to use if you're monitoring?
4: Uh, I believe. I can't remember. Is that uh, that might be for the 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 Windows side of things? Is that true?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, we're getting to the Mac PC <laughs> yeah, yeah. now. Um, so so this is something that happened with Matt is he was getting high latency and there's yeah usually two different drivers you could use and okay. one of them is going to have the lower latency. I guess that's not a Mac thing though.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, usually it's it's actually a, a buffer size thing. Is uh, you, you try to set your mm-hmm. buffer the lowest you can in whatever software you're using as you're recording, um, and then you raise it for mixing as you're doing more advanced processing with it. Um, right, and then like I was saying, like uh, a lot of times you have the op- op- option to. Uh, I believe in Logic, they call it software monitoring. I don't know what it's called in, in live, mm-hmm. but uh, in Pro Tools, they call it low latency monitoring, where yeah. it'll actually bypass uh, like Pro Tools completely, and you'll just hear it directly from your interface instead of through Pro Tools. And that's usually, mm-hmm. if you're recording like a live instrument, that's mm-hmm. usually the best way to go. For totally. Latency. And
2: I know I used to have a Focus right back, a uh, few years back, and they have their own kind of software that I forget what it's called yeah. now. But, yeah, yeah that you can also do some routing outside of the DAW in case you just want to, like, uh, have that sort of monitoring that's immediate and not interfacing yeah. with any sort of processing mm-hmm. that's going on.
0: Yeah. I have that in front of me right now, my, my right control. Yeah, I that's like, what it was. Route that's things to right. different pairs of headphones and, Back, and all exactly. that kind of stuff. Yeah, And that's you really nice through, if you're, like, yeah.
2: working with a bunch of, you know... If we mm-hmm. were a band right now all playing different instruments, you could use that. To- should we right. see yeah. a band?
1: We have enough people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think
2: we probably should. Yeah.
1: I like to say that all motion designers are actually just failed musicians. Right.
4: <laughs> that has been fairly true as I've met more motion designers. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: What do you think about FL Studio? That one's been... Fruity Loops? I've, Is that I, what you're talking about? Yeah. I've been hearing about that a ah. lot more lately. It's still kind of like, do you well, want to make stuff. They're in FL Studio.
1: Yeah. 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 Fruity Loops yeah. was the first one that I ever, you know, illegally yeah. downloaded.
0: <laughs> I had Acid Pro 3 back in mm, 2000. Nice. Y'all that's remember Soundforge? With acid. Oh, yeah. Soundforge? Ooh, Soundforge. Yeah. Forge. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's> the <laughs> oldest... It's, yes, it's the uh, oldest so- recording software. This is now a, a now. history yeah. of recording software's podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right,
3: we've come a long way. Um, yeah.
0: So, fun. if somebody is like trying to do, let's say they're trying to do audio for their graphic for the first time, let's say they did a daily, it's like ten seconds long, right? Yeah. So they got to come up with something. They, pr- you know. Let's say it's abstract, right? They got a they got a little sp- sphere out there. There's a little guy. He's looking up at a monolith <laughs> of some sort. It's in space. He's on an abandoned planet. You know, like a daily would be, and um, <laughs> and you want to add a little bit of atmosphere to that. You know, you're not going to write a song per se, but you want some sound, right? You know, you want some crazy this sound. Is, this is or, going for an you know, NFT, ethereal.
1: and so they just need yeah, that's something. Right. Yeah, they just need some yeah. background. You know. but
0: you've never done it before you've never done it before you're mm-hmm. looking to add that maybe maybe the guy walks up to the little orb and he touches the orb and he sees like some sort of flash happen do
1: y'all communicate with each other through beeps and boops and bongs and
0: you know but see it actually effects. works in audio yeah. because it's real noise <laughs> <laughs> hey this is dave i just wanted to stop for a moment and thank our sponsor otoy the creators of render network and of course octane But I don't have to tell you that. You know who they are. You see the results of their render engine all over the interwebs, and we're very grateful that they're supporting what we're doing at MoGraph.com, from this podcast to MoGraph TV to events like local meetups and Camp MoGraph and all our community-building efforts. We can't wait to show you what's in store, all thanks to their support. Go check them out at otoy.com. Now, back to the madness. (laughs) If I say I want the transition to go whoosh, yeah. For you that's easy. Yeah. For Matt <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know uh what would be the first step you want to try and make a, a soundscape i guess is mm-hmm. is the correct terminology for you know like something maybe blake catherine would do right yeah like how would you go about finding the right sounds for that soundscape are you using instruments are you playing with sounds and instruments are you going through like a catalog of maybe some pre-made sounds what's a good start and yeah, do you I,
1: start with the individual like pieces or do you start with like a good backbone so mm, I, I think know?
3: for for me, uh, so I approach um, sound and music for motion is kind of like one in the same. And I'd say pretty much every project we get in, um, usually I'm like the first person to like like kick it off and and you know be talking with directors, like figuring out what does music do, what does sound design do. Um, and in this case, it's like it could be either. And so I don't know. I would almost say like. It, you could make that decision first of going, okay, do I want something that's like a a musical score or something, or do I want it to be completely abstract or some combination of the two? Mm -hmm. Um, and then, I mean, if you're if you want to use music, when you could license something, I don't know how that works with NFTs and stuff. You would have to be careful. Yeah, I going to uh, say too. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Since this is a hypothetical yeah. NFT minting, right. uh, this is not legal. Advice. Um, <laughs> this is
0: probably allegedly. Can't
3: that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then other options would be like something that's very short, like that. You wouldn't necessarily need like a full piece of music. So you might go somewhere like Splice that has. A whole mm. lot of audio samples. It's kind of like what we're talking about uh, Soundly for sound effects, splices mm-hmm. for musical things. So maybe yeah, you right. you get a subscription to that and you go find some cool atmospheric things that feel like they're It's like right.
0: Quixel for audio. I
3: don't know what that is, but I'm going to agree. Yeah, I'll trust that that's a good (laughs) comparison. Yes, Yes, it is. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but okay. So, so here, here's what would happen in our in our situation. If I had this and I thought, ah, this should be like all sound effects, I would get on uh, Slack or Asana and say, "Hey, Trevor, (laughs) (laughs) do this thing." So, so now I will pass it off to you to say that we've decided we're not going to do the music thing. How? What? What would you do at first? You know, evaluating the sound design for something like that?
2: Totally. Yeah, I mean, usually the first thing I try to figure out is what is actually important to hear, just because there's a lot of things that can produce Mm -hmm. sound in a scene. Um, But, you know, are you trying to draw attention to something about the monolith or are you Mm -hmm. trying to make the character be unique? And so there's going to be a lot of like character sounds that you are like trying to make interesting. Or is it really just like a scene? It's like an environment. You don't really need any specific sound. You're just going for something that feels cool. And then, start with whatever feels like the most important part, and build everything around that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in terms of like where to go first, I think one thing I do want to say is that don't be afraid to like hit record on your computer or like on whatever and like make mm-hmm. a sound that you want to have <laughs> um like you'd be <laughs> surprised how much you can do by um just making some sounds yourself without fancy equipment.
1: The number um, of times that I've needed sound effects for a project. And like, like a hmm
0: or a hmm or something like yeah. that.
1: And I'm just like, F this. I'm just going to record it myself. Exactly. You know?
5: yeah. 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 The voice There yeah. There's one time tool. in high
0: school, I got really, really desperate for a, a sound effect that I needed. And I didn't even have a microphone. So I recorded it through a pair of headphones. Have you ever done that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Amazing. Way to be innovative. Mm-hmm. I like that.
0: I mean, all it was was, like, a thump, but I managed to make it work. I just plugged the headphones into the input and just went,
2: As long as it's loud enough, it'll transduce it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, and, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you need to record some footsteps but don't have, like, a library of sounds to use, like, Mm -hmm. just, like, take your phone and record some footsteps and edit it in. Like, it might actually work better than you think it would.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think... I think though in this this hypothetical monolith sci-fi situation, what's interesting about this is is you probably are going to have a harder time recording stuff yourself. Mm-hmm. So what I'm wondering, like, what would what would you search for like in Soundly? Because you can't. Are you just going to are we just going to like type in like space NFT monolith? Click and it's like ah, there's the <laughs> right. sound effects. That's regular, the sound. Because you know, like, yeah. I think it's that's the whole track
0: that, here. Awesome. Yeah, we sort <laughs> of like. If I were going to do something like manually and go to an instrument the first thing i would look for is some sort of uh some sort of pad right yeah mm-hmm. it's an nft Bye. right it's a soundscape <laughs> so you look for a pad and you start there totally see what happens you know i don't know what um, that is what is that
2: wh-
0: it's a it's a sustained synth usually how do you, okay yeah it's okay. just like because like it's so easy for you know, i'll be you your dumbed
1: like a, down audience today so yeah. in case you're <laughs> right. talking over no, anyone's say you've got head. Like
0: a, so you've got, like, a five-second clip, right? And you just need some, like, crazy, like, ethereal sound. Like, it's it's super easy. You can just mm-hmm. go into any sort of instrument and just start fiddling with the knobs, right? If mm-hmm. you're new to this, just mess with some knobs. Just, yeah. don't, sure. just get in there, you know? Just make some noises. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
2: there's so many awesome free and things that you can buy that are amazing synths and sounds and, you know, software instruments. If you don't have any instruments of your own or synthesizers of your own. Um, as well as, like, you know, you can open up Soundly, and you can go in there and just type in, like, drone space, Mm -hmm. and, like, it'll come up with a bunch of really cool drone sounds that are, like, Mm. ethereal and strange that you can, like, edit together and layer Mm -hmm. and chop up and make it happen, and like. I, I literally just opened Soundly and they're just
4: default <laughs> library and search soundscape. And like one of the first things design drone, psychedelic ambient soundscape is like would be a monolith for sure. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. you it. So I mean, yeah, yeah pay, pay the $10 yeah. or $15, whatever it is right now to do a month of Soundly and like license
5: their and stuff
3: for a month. It's a write
1: off. It's a you write off. You go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I
4: mean, well, yeah. It, it,
5: yeah, and
3: like those keywords, like that, Chad. Because that's the thing that's hard is we sort of take it for granted. I think because we've done this for so long that we know yeah. what we, a pad is. Yeah. We know kind of what terms to search yeah. for. But mm-hmm. it's like once you start finding certain things, you kind of put in your brain, oh, like ethereal. That's a great keyword that I exactly use yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, later yeah, on, yeah, of later.
0: course.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Let me Space. ask you, um, <laughs>
1: what? So you know what what kind of what kind of equipment does someone need if they're wanting to get into this? You know. Um, like if they want to get started and like we were talking about earlier when you're doing like live recordings and stuff you want to make sure that your whatever is as low as possible like mm-hmm. is there a your
0: signal th- noise ratio? I don't know no, is, is, is there
1: like a <laughs> is it's like, do you recommend having a at least a twenty core machine or a Threadripper? or mm. do you need good graphics cards at yeah. all?
3: You if, know if, if <laughs> like, your computer can make motion graphics, yeah, it can you're definitely handle audio.
5: <laughs> <Yeah. You're laughs> right, <be> but <laughs> say
1: say say for some reason someone stumbled across this and this episode and they're like, I don't do motion graphics, but I wanna do audio <laughs> you know. Sure. What, uh, is there is there like a type of setup that y'all would recommend at least starting with? You know? Like, this is the bare minimum you need.
3: I'm going to jump in before Chad gives an actual, like, solid <laughs> answer. Because this is... I can just see how excited he is right now. T- he
4: know. tries on
3: our Slack all the time. We have a Slack a bunch of sound designers. He always tries to tell us about all these great tools and things. And we're like, mm-hmm. ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, so my short answer is probably just, like, a good pair of headphones. Is like okay. really Okay. That, that was that my need.
4: answer, too. For the,
3: for oh! The <laughs> okay. well, I'm sorry I just dragged you and then... Uh... Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Now what would be a good pair of headphones yeah. to monitor with? Mhm.
4: Uh, I'd say <laughs> spend a $100, spend $150 maybe. I I I use Audio Technica M50s which are $150. They're pretty standard. Uh they they have like the M40s which are $100 and they would probably get you in the door too. Something mm-hmm. like above an AirPod like above like, you know, an Apple AirPod quality-wise, um but Something over ear, something that isolates a little bit. That's that's going to be helpful for you, I think. So,
0: I got the um, for monitoring. I'm I'm assuming it's okay. It's the uh, Sennheiser HD 280 Pro. Yeah, yeah, these nice. are good, uh, but they look awful on the air. So I don't wear them. <laughs> on the air. Yeah, yeah, they look so ridiculous. Yeah, they stick to way wear. out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I've put them on this on the show before, but I mean, look at that.
4: Yeah, I think we have. <laughs> Multiple like I mean me, Wes and Trevor all have three different brands of headphones that we're yeah. rocking right Wes now. Wes is
2: doing biodynamics, which I love. I have a pair of those two. And then yeah. I have Sennheisers that are yeah. not dissimilar to the ones that you have. They're just a different but, model. Should also, you stay but the away
0: reason from... you use these is because you don't want anything to be like too crazy bassy. Like like the Bose headsets would be terrible to mix on. hmm
3: Yeah, I like to I I those so the Bose Quiet Comfort is what I listen to all the time, and so I'll use those to like reference a mix right just mm-hmm. to listen to it mm-hmm. but yeah they it's like they they make everything sound better than it actually is kind of mm-hmm.
4: um right. so
3: you, yeah usually you're looking for headphones that are kind of honest um but i think the big thing too is just like it's just checking your work against something else right because it's like mm-hmm. yeah if you you can kind of listen to something and then it, you go listen to something else and go okay like is my bass totally out of control or like yeah is mine right. like way too too mm-hmm. bright you ever, yeah.
1: Do you ever, like, uh, uh, I, I know back in the day when we were doing live recording, it was like, okay, you got to take it out to your car and listen to it in your <laughs> car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't listen yeah. to it in your you car and it doesn't sound good, then it's not a good mix.
4: It doesn't work for motion design as well. The, be- the best thing <laughs> right. to do there is just a lo- open it on your phone and, like, on hear your how it sounds yeah. with the speakers yeah. there. I mean, we, we do that often, I feel like, as far as, like, just throw it on mm-hmm. the you know, the computer speakers or your phone speakers and hear how it sounds there or in your like AirPods are great for that kind of thing too, where the thing that people are going to be using the most to listen to it. Right. Yeah. I, I'd say, so yeah, I mean, absolutely. a laptop headphones, if you like, that's enough as just as a way to like be able to get soundly or some kind of sound effects and start throwing them into a software, like all the ones we've mentioned so far, audition logic, whatever you mm-hmm. end up doing. Um, and then, like, if you wanted to start recording your own stuff, you can either go, like, with, you know, one of the Focusrite, uh simple interfaces. Um, I think you guys were both talking about using Focusrite stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's really, like, any anything. It's, like, any microphone is going to be, like, a step up from your computer microphone or your iPhone microphone or whatever. Um, and then there's also the the world of, like, field recorders, which is what we did with the campers at Camp MoGraph. We took field recorders out. Mm-hmm. and. um, we we all three have a, a Sony field recorders that we love. Um, they both have the the D ten. Is that what it is? Yeah, but those are they're oh, not man, available right now. Yeah, they're hard to oh. get right now. But oh. uh, but I mean, there's they, I mean the Zoom <laughs> obviously has made a ton of those that yeah. everybody's seen or we have a couple
3: before. of Zooms. I really the yeah. zoom, those. the Zoom yeah. recorders are awesome. The only issue is it's hard to record quiet things with them, like yeah. really delicate sounds. Oh, but yeah? otherwise, mm. they're but you can
0: Phenomenal. Like,
4: brutalize them like they're like very durable. <laughs> so
3: you, right. you, you can take them
4: in a, a rainstorm and just, yeah, whatever. like It's fine. Yeah.
0: Um, We've had an H4 for like, or an H4N for like 10 years or something. Yeah. That thing's been beat Goodbye, to death. see you. Goodbye, <laughs> see you. When you turn it off. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's great. We got the newest
1: one, I think, right? Like The, the H8. The H8? Oh, yeah. I think. That thing is nice. Yeah, I haven't used it, but it looks nice. awesome.
0: Yeah. It's like a spider yeah the thing is like a bug
4: yeah (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) chonky chonky boy one of the questions i was gonna ask you was about the iphone stuff do you Mm -hmm. besides like listening to do you ever just like throw a filter on just to say hey this is what it sounds like with an iphone you know or or do you save it and listen to it on the iphone i usually pull it up on the iphone yeah especially because like we work out
2: of a company, Dropbox. So our all of our files are just always on the Dropbox. So I can just open up my Dropbox app and find the file and play it immediately. Exactly, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to do. Mm-hmm. There are services that I've, will stream yeah.
4: it to your phone. Like Audio Movers is the one that um, we use a lot in music mm. world too, where you can uh, you can basically have you can like listen to the output of your DAW, or your your Pro Tools or your Ableton or whatever um, from a phone or wherever someone is. So.
0: I bet you could go NDI out also to your phone. Um, but I've seen some people that actually will just take an EQ and just like, you know, strip the top and bottom off of it at mm. least and put it on there. Sure. Then you just turn it on and maybe even it's not perfectly like accurate, you know, just like turn that on periodically and be like, How does the sound of the iPhone? Okay. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. totally turn it back off, you know. Companies like I know
2: Sonar Works has they like are a speaker calibration company, so they give you like the tools to try to make your speakers perform more accurately, or your headphones to perform more yeah. accurately, but they also, in their plugin, will give you settings like here's you know like a hi-fi speaker, here's your phone, and it's kind of just like EQ curves that match the responses of those different yeah. devices.
0: Yeah, you can mm-hmm. do your
2: car, so
1: yeah. to speak. Yeah, yeah, interesting.
0: How do you deal with ear fatigue? That's real for sure. Yeah,
4: take breaks. <laughs> keep things
3: quiet. Make Trevor and Chad do all the hard work.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it really just depends. Like, there are sometimes it's not an issue, but then there's days where you're like working on like a real hyped up trailer that's like just destroying you all day long with loud music Mm -hmm. and like heavy sound effects and explosions and like crazy stuff. And like that sort of thing you can't do for very long before you just totally lose perspective. Yeah.
0: Um, i watch a lot of those tips and tricks on tiktok you know like some of them are good some of them are not some of them is probably bad advice but Hmm. one of the things that i mean it's this is all simple stuff you know it's common sense stuff but it just, just it drives stuff into your head sometimes about thinking through things like you know don't put reverb on every track put the reverb on the reverb track and then like turn it off and then like gently bring it in take breaks uh come just like even uh watching uh like looking at our own graphics and things i like to come back to what i worked on the next day and check it again you know um there was something else i was gonna mention too um oh oh the the one trick that i see on tiktok a lot which is again common sense but just pull it down really 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 low like on whatever your system is and listen to it. It's like, can you make out like the main instruments or whatever the different things are when it's like super low? Yeah. Um, What are some things that you do? uh, What are some little tips and tricks like that? I guess that would be good for first timers getting into it. What to avoid, you know, all of those were really great.
2: I mean, we've mentioned this briefly already, but I am just a huge proponent of, giving yourself context. So if you're working on something, pick a reference piece to go back Mm, to. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. um, Like for us, we have like templates of all of our Pro tool sessions that have preloaded, like if we're working on an animation with a voiceover that's like in a certain realm, we have like tracks that already have audio files of ones that we've done previously that we really liked and were received well sort of thing. Um, And so while we're working, we can immediately just like A, B between what we know is good so that you don't lose perspective and you're kind of mm-hmm. keeping yourself up to something that's not changing because <laughs> it, it can right. be really hard uh, in terms of like if you're changing the volume or like if you've been listening to it for hours and then, you know, if it can sound really different.
3: And I, would mm-hmm. actually recommend that not even just for working on audio, but if you are reviewing audio, like I do that a lot because I'll get a mix from Chad yeah. or Trevor um, mm-hmm. and to review it. Is it, are our perception of how things sounds is so fickle. Like you're saying, depending on like what you've been listening to, whether you've been listening to mm-hmm. that thing and you're used to it or you, I don't, you know, for whatever you've had a cup of coffee <laughs> or yeah. you're a little more tired than normal, your perception mm-hmm. is going to be different. And just like acknowledging that. And when you review another mix, like check something else to like, make sure that it's that you're not giving feedback that's off. Cause a lot of times somebody, like, Oh, the dialogue needs to be louder. And it's like, like well, I can pull up this mix from ant food or whatever. And like the dialogue is like lower, you know, but yeah. it's, so it's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a, and it's like, there's not an ob- actual objective measure to any of this, but it's just really helpful to have something that is objective going, okay, well, I know this is a good mix. So at least mm-hmm. like, these are like kind of, uh, uh, kind of like goal posts that you can use, mm-hmm. uh, while you're working.
1: That happened um, to me one time, uh, we had just recorded, uh, we are, are uh, you know, we had gotten the, the band back together and recorded like a, a theme song, right? And so, every like, band we needs all, a good theme song right? for itself. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, uh, we recorded, we recorded this thing and like I was so into like being excited about the band being back together. I was like, yeah, that's good. Let's just send it off, right? And then I get into my car and I'm playing it later. I'm like, where the fuck are the drums (laughs) (laughs) they were so quiet that i i I was just so excited about the band being back together that i didn't realize that literally there were barely any drums in there at all
0: Mm
5: -hmm.
0: yeah yeah Uh, the headphones though are are really good you know for for mixing or whatever but like if somebody just has like their basic setup Like, how can they guarantee that they at least have something flat to work from? I mean, not everybody's going to have nice studio speakers, you know, even if they do. Like, I have really, 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 really old Rocket 5s, right? Mm -hmm. There's no way that they're set up to sound good in this room. They're okay. They do the trick. I've got a sub. But, like, how do you, besides headphones, how do you make sure that you at least have an okay Sound. I sure. mean, my speakers aren't positioned right. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's it, for somebody who's in motion, they're probably not set up for that kind of thing. Maybe they have some good speakers because they're editing or something, you know?
4: I would say that's why we're suggesting the headphones more so is because that's like an easier <laughs> right. gateway to just like having something that's closer to flat. I mean, there's no speaker or room is truly flat. Like it's, there's always going to be, of course. Um, you know, differences but
0: uh but is there like a good piece of software that can at least get you yeah kind of like Uh, we use okay
3: we use like meters that have you know spectrometers that kind of show you like the frequency balance all the time so like our our eqs that we use they show exactly like so we we can see oh there's all these like really low frequencies that i'm not noticing um i would Uh imagine that audition probably has something like that
4: they have meters, yeah. I mean, they have. Uh, or of like, a, yeah,
3: like some kind of spectrometer you could put and yeah, it has.
4: Um... Um, the other thing I would say is like, I mean, like we're, we're saying with references, like, does what you're referencing sound the way you would want it? And if not, like, try some other like speakers if you, if you have them, even whether that's like your phone or another set of headphones or whatever it is, like, um, I, I the ears are extremely malleable to your environment so like or, or or to what to the the source so like i i've gotten used to my specific set of speakers and my specific set of headphones over the years of listening to tons and tons of stuff on them but if some if trevor sat in here he probably would be a little lost for the first day or whatever because he's has to, he has to kind of like get acclimated to it um yeah i i and i like i, I think like you you can learn your speakers or I could, like anyone's speakers, um, over time, over listening to tons and tons of stuff on them, um, and learning what, how, how your references sound on those speakers or those headphones.
3: I think this is though, where we really get into, like, th- that's the kind of thing that is takes years and years of training to learn. Sure. Yeah. You know, like, I think right, that right, there's right. things like the easy tricks that we can teach, but like, ultimately what we're getting down to is like developing your sense of listening. Right. hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is, it, it definitely gets a lot harder. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, I guess you could, if you really wanted to work on your studio, I guess you could, let's say, let's say that you have like a nice setup and, and you want to maybe up that game a little bit, maybe get your first set of speakers. What would you look for in, like, a decent set of speakers that's not, like, crazy expensive? Yeah. There's a lot of good options out
2: there these days. I mean, the spectrum of, like, speakers you can get is wild in terms of you can spend, like, a couple hundred and get something that's pretty decent, or you can
0: spend a hundred grand <laughs> and get... <laughs> what, what are the things to... Okay, what are the things to, like, not get, right? Like, for for example... Uh, I mean, not that you couldn't get them. I have them. Rocket 5s are kind of a joke, I know, in the industry. Uh, what's another thing? A Behringer mixer. You know? What What things like that would probably... You would want to avoid. And what things are okay to get as, like, your first pieces of equipment. You know? Because I, I know somebody comes in this studio and they see... Uh, they see focus right and rockets and they're gonna just no. laugh at me. They see all the lights first. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well. They see all the
2: all the all the LED lights. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the truth is that like those things aren't necessarily bad. It's really such an all in a spectrum thing. Like I know people that have made incredible mixes on rockets, you know. Like <laughs> they were so ubiquitous for a long time that like um and it they got to be a stereotype but that's just because like they actually kind of did their job. <laughs> yeah. Um, like they actually like, kind of fit the role that they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of those um, companies that are doing really great things right now. Like I have Focal speakers. I love them. I have, I could go in depth of why I love the company and they're great. I know um, Chad works on Adam audio um, and Adam's awesome. Adam has like a, what is it, their S series? Yeah. They- What's their lower cost version uh I, I
4: i don't remember now the f series i think is the low cost f series that's yeah. right which but, is
2: like really good stuff it's cheaper than what Chad is using but it uses a lot of the same technology and um would sound incredible um then there's also some other companies that are doing similar speakers in that realm too um i haven't looked at them in detail recently just because i
0: haven't been yeah. in
2: that market right now but
0: and like with an interface like focus right too it's it's like It's not like whatever you're mixing is going through it. You know what I mean? It's just like how you're either going to get something in and out of it. And Mm -hmm. um, it's another one of those like focus right jokes. I see a lot of TikToks on it. You know, people joking about that. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's great. And
2: the interface is more than just like a pass through, like your digital audio converters that convert audio um, from electricity into ones and zeros and vice versa. (laughs) Uh, It does matter. Um, and it, there are like differences between them and their performances, whether that's, uh, distortion or signal to noise ratio and, or just jitter and other digital audio kind of things. But the base level of digital audio these days is so great. <laughs> like, like if we were talking like early two thousands or like the nineties, yeah. like it would matter a lot. Cause a lot of those early digital audio converters sounded terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and But now, like, the technology has just gone in such a way that even, like, the cheaper interfaces sound very good. And mm-hmm. yeah. unless you're, like, in a very critical environment, sound the same to what we're using.
0: Yeah. And it's going to affect your input, of course. But your export, I saw some people on TikTok talking about this the other day. It's like, it's not going to affect your export, though. It, Nothing's no. going through it to export, right?
4: Yeah,
3: it might slightly affect the choices that you make while you're working on your audio because you are listening to mm-hmm. the export of that. But... Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I have I have a Focusrite Scarlett um where I had separate uh inputs and outputs that were digital. So it really was using the Scarlett as a pass-through, but I could like hear the difference mm. between them. And it was like, you know, my it, it, I guess at the time, yeah, like $800 just headphone preamp that I hooked up to it was like definitely like clearer. But that was really it. It was like there's like mm-hmm. probably some subtle things I wouldn't hear, but like more than anything it just like i liked listening to it more and so it made it easier to like make a mix that i felt happy with mm-hmm. where if i was listening to the other i'd be like trying to clear it up just slightly more or, or something like that um mm-hmm. or like maybe like it's the the input's slightly noisier and a little like yeah just not quite as crisp but yeah i mean, i think and I- for doing like like if you're doing sound design for animation like explainer or something like that um and, and it's like kind of more of a diy thing where you're not a full-time sound designer a focus right yeah. pretty would be yeah. great
2: you're gonna do great be really great, great. and
3: mm-hmm. i think the headphones on that would sound better than you know plugging it into your computer or whatever yeah
4: right you're gonna have to go very far deep down the like audio rabbit hole um to hear the difference or know the difference between you know the converter right. on a focus rate versus yeah a, a different audio interface yeah so.
3: it, And I guess I I kind of along all these conversations and like just kind of anytime we're talking with motion designers about wanting to do their own audio, I just like, I want to impart that, like, I think people should feel confident that they don't need a lot of gear to, to do stuff because it's like these, these, these things make a difference, you know, like for us, we're, this is what we're literally doing all the time and we're charging clients a lot of money so that we can listen to things on, you know, a, a tuned system and, and all of that. But like, you know, the difference isn't like gigantic, like, Oh my gosh, you know, cause you didn't have the best gear. Like your stuff's not going to, you know, turn out good. Like, I, I think people should feel mm-hmm. confident that really like use whatever you have. If you're feeling like it's lacking, like you can upgrade that, you know, later, but
0: yeah. I mean, you don't have to have any hardware really. Yeah.
3: You really you don't. <laughs> if you're
0: not, if you're not like doing any inputs and if you're, I mean, and you're mixing in your software, Yep. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You can do. You don't even need. Uh, you don't even need like a piano for a keyboard. You can just draw it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah exactly. You can get Away with very little.
3: That's why we recommend yeah. like good headphones though, because ultimately like, you're gonna have to hear it. It'd be kind of like you know doing motion graphics on like a really cruddy monitor, like that would <laughs> an be old really, CRT. Yeah. yeah exactly. 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 No, that's like that's yeah. it. If you have like you know cheap old earbud, you know thirty dollar earbuds is mm-hmm. gonna be like that, but yeah if you have like a good pair of headphones you're gonna you're gonna you know have a really good uh baseline to work from is
1: there is there a place that you can that you would recommend people checking out as far as like say they want to get into more of this like is is there an andrew kramer of audio (laughs) right
0: you know there's tons of tutorials online yeah right but who are the good ones
1: you know, who's the grayscale gorilla of The audio? guy who has
0: the puppet. You know the guy who has the puppet no. and the puppet does all the audio tutorials? No. What is it. this? This sounds amazing. It. He's he's like a Nick Campbell type, you know, but it's a, it's all puppet. It's a lot of work. Is it is it yeah. sound
3: design? I think cuz like what we found is that there's a I mean, there's so many incredible resources for music production mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and there's great resources for like game audio and like Hollywood sound design, but not mm-hmm. really
5: mm-hmm.
3: for as a ton uh, for like motion graphics specifically. is kind of a, a niche. Um, and Sanctus
1: needs to start one.
3: <laughs> yeah. On, there you go. We yeah. thought about it. And then there was this pandemic that kind of do yeah.
1: things. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. That's <laughs> the
3: best time to do it right
1: there. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, um, I wanted to uh, I, I'll jump back real quick before I forget, because we, we talked about like using audition, like to start doing sound effects and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, <clears throat> I don't know, this, does audition even have instruments? So
4: this yeah, this it is actually no. an important, uh, point to make, um, at some point in your, Journey as a sound designer, or you know, motion uh, designer, aspiring to to do sound design, <laughs> you would probably realize that there are, there is no MIDI in Audition, and that is like a very right. like basic base level thing that's kind of like an omission that's strange. I don't know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but that would be where you would either jump to something like Logic or Pro Tools or Ableton, one of those, or um, or you would use you know software. You, you, there, there are ways to like feed like a synth into uh audition and use it that way but um but yeah that is like a, a very basic limitation if you're if you're trying to like specifically sit down and design something with an instrument on on like a software instrument you're probably gonna have mm-hmm. to jump into something else um
1: yeah. yeah. See, I used to make beats in Fruity Loops and then export those beats and then bring those into Cool Edit Pro <laughs> or Yeah, yeah. You
3: know, nice. That's what you, what you need. That's the package right there. You get a good pair right. of headphones. I mean, get your Fruity Loops. Fruity Loops.
4: Cool
5: yeah. Edit cool Pro. Pro. <laughs>
4: Seriously. I mean, I, honestly, like what I would do. If I was like starting out, probably would be like, and and if if I was like the hypothetical of like only having Audition, there's so many uh, really powerful synths for iPhone and an iPad that you could get something that would, um, you know, hook up to a, to a keyboard through the iPad and then like be able to feed that into Audition and like start generating sounds that you can use in other things or or just generating sounds that you can plop into any software. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can use any. Of the softwares we're talking about to make a sound and then put it in somewhere else. So
1: I had uh, if he, I I did something similar to that where I used I what did I use like what whatever the the Mac audio one GarageBand Garage Band, right? yeah exactly GarageBand Garage for, yes, like, yeah. yeah. Garage for iPad yeah and I recorded like a theme song using GarageBand for iPad It's super powerful it's pretty
0: yeah. powerful yeah
4: yeah and then what, what I would say too uh, I mean going back to like finding resources online, um, for motion design or or sound design for motion design. LinkedIn learning actually has a few courses on there that I would say are good starting points. Like that's where, like, I usually have like a Mm -hmm. hierarchy if I'm like telling, telling somebody to get into audio, like where to start, like LinkedIn learning, like go through a local library. A lot of local libraries have subscriptions to LinkedIn learning and you can get in that way Mm -hmm. really cheap. And then, um, for the the music side of things, I I really love this site called Pure Mix, um, which is uh, you know they have a, a bunch of longer form tutorials with bigger name mixers and people like that. That's how I learned Pro Tools actually, because I I didn't use Pro Tools before I came to Sanctus and I
1: Cool Edit like, Pro two point oh
4: yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but I mean that's like how I how I made the transition and it was really great. Um, and then, uh, I mean, so for a lot of the stuff I was mentioning earlier about Audition, there was a guy, Mike Russell, on YouTube. Um, he had a bunch of videos about all those features, the remix, the essential sound panel, and the loudness stuff that I watched um, this weekend to kind of brush up because it had been a minute since I would looked at Audition stuff. Um, and they were all really well-made stuff. I would I can link that to you guys. So, yeah. Sure.
3: Yeah, and another tutorial I, I was just thinking about is... Um, so there's a library called Motion Sound uh, that was kind of made a mm-hmm. partnership with MoGraph Mentor uh, by some good friends mm-hmm. of ours. Um, and I forgot that they actually have a training um, on mm. video series on the website. And what we really love about Motion Sound, we're actually using it with one of our uh, contractors who has a, a background more technically in like mixing, but doesn't really do sound design. We got him using their motion sound library because they really, they built a sound library for motion designers. So they name things in a way that is intuitive to a motion designer, not necessarily like Mm. a sound designer. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, they have the training resources, but also they built a library that sort of in a way teaches you how to do sound design because it's kind of like setting up like success for you rather Mm -hmm. than just like, here's a bunch of random sounds that don't like aren't aren't don't belong together. Um, so that's one that there's the, I think the resources, uh, on through the website are free, um, and you can just watch that and learn, but it's, you know, it's a little more money upfront than something like soundly. But if you're like serious about, and you're doing like explainers for clients and stuff, like it's going to save you a lot of time and it's going to make you do work that is really good. Like we use those sounds in, in stuff.
6: We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestram Pantera,
3: Richard Raymond,
6: Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes, and Jessica Lee Ganyi, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers, and everyone in between. GoGorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network.
3: So if you love filmmaking as much as we do,
6: tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the GoGorilla Filmcast. Your Your source source for for all things things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network.
0: There's some courses that I've seen too, you know, talking about courses and tutorials and things, but... A a lot of the stuff I come across is a little less about the... Well, not that it doesn't have theory, but it's a little less, like, from the beginning, like, from scratch, right? Yeah. Right? It's, like, more of the why, like... Um, there 's mix with the masters I think that 's a yeah. decent site that 's like uh advanced the
4: advanced yeah. dance <laughs> <advanced laughs> level that that 's like after Pure yeah. mix I would go to there um but that 's that 's actually more theory on the like higher thinking side of it like the concept kind of thing of it, but.
0: <clears throat> right and the same with the uh, master class like yeah. if you go take dead mouse 's class or just did or yesterday what 's his name van van Buren <laughs> van buren what 's his name um and or or even uh Timbaland's on there too
5: yeah but oh, nice. it's
0: it's not like digging into the software and, like, why you should hit this switch. It's exactly. more about, like, the creation process, which is a good thing to have, too, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, to kind of understand how people come up with stuff. You know, you, maybe you don't have lyrics. Maybe you don't have a melody. How do you come up with that melody and and reverse engineer it and turn it into a song? It's, mm-hmm. um, but those are good things to watch, too. If you have a, a, a Masterclass subscription, that's a no-brainer.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I was just watching the Um, Dead Mouse one yesterday. It's Awesome, yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, his studio it's is good, incredible. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's like it wall of, uh, of sense. That's what yeah, you need absolutely. is a, a wall so of. Euro rack. So start out
0: with Euro rack. <laughs> 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 it sounds <laughs> like Not when you're when you're in his studio, mm-hmm. it's. I think Matt described it as almost like being on drugs. Like it is. You, it's so clean. It's, it's, that you're just like. Yeah, how is it this clean? It's like it, it makes it's your like brain. You, you,
1: hurt. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's like euphoric. You, you just feel. You feel like you're buzzing, you know, right? How, cool. While listening
0: to it. Um. Uh. Question: <laughs> Do you know what a compressor is? Because nobody seems to know. I'm just kidding, <laughs> but it is a, it is a joke, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people don't understand what a compressor is. So I I throw it out there, and and when to use compression. Um, I use it a lot because we do stuff that's kind of like you know tv so to speak like mograph tv and things like that we got like ultra super compressed stuff not usually something you would want to do um but like what is a compressor and when is a good time to use it and put you on the spot you know (laughs) see maybe it's true maybe nobody knows what a compressor (laughs) is
4: I, I, yeah do, does it who wants to take it trevor do you know what a compressor is <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: now um, now we're just like trying to figure out like how deep to go a good you
2: know, like, yeah. where right. do we go here to do it yeah. shortly i mean it's really just like a uh a gain reduction leveling device that uh has a lot of controls about the way that you do that uh, <laughs> uh Basically, it's, it's a, an input and you put a threshold on it that then reduces the output in some sort of way afterwards. And there's a lot of controls about how fast and how slow and the slope and all the different ways that that can change how it sounds as you, as you use it. Um, it's one of the tools that's most common but also very easy to misuse. Um, mm-hmm. it, it has a lot of depth into how you can use it and how it changes sound. Um, we... You don't need to use it on everything. Don't just pull it out because you feel like you need to use a compressor. We use it on like most voiceovers just gently to kind of um, Mm -hmm. get the overall dynamic range of a voiceover to be a little bit more contained, feel more controlled. Um, So use it gently with a small ratio, which would just be like um, for as much as it's going over the threshold, how much it's it's keeping it from going further above the threshold after that. Um, so you do a small threshold, you only really reduce the, 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 uh, the output by like your gain reduction would only be like one, three, four decibels, something like that. Um, and sometimes we'll do places with other compressors. Um, but generally you're really, you're just using it when you want to reduce dynamic range or like control something, or you're trying to make it sound in a particular way. Like you can use a compressor on sound effects, like crunch them or, make them, like, feel really dense or that sort of thing. Um, or you can use it on uh, – in, in the musical world, you can use it for so many different ways, for different instruments and all that sort of thing. Um, but in general, yeah, it's it's a tool that you really – it's easy to misuse and just squash something, and it just sounds, like, flat and right distorted or, like, really crunchy and just not
0: natural in any way. Um, Especially when you're gaining the whole thing up and – And turning on the compression, you're going to start hearing weird things coming from like Mm
5: -hmm.
0: different places. It's something that I use, for example, um, when we do 3D motion show, Mm -hmm. because we'll get like ten presentations from ten different people. They're all different volumes, and you know when you're on the internet, everything's got to you got to figure out. You know everything's going to be one volume. You know, so I actually will bring stuff up because if somebody's doing a tutorial, no doubt it sounds like it starts out like this. Hi, everybody, and welcome to my show. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. for sure. And and then, oh, and and uh, right now I'm going to give you a glimpse of my reel. <laughs> and then the reel starts, <laughs> oh, yeah. and then it's just <laughs> blasting you away. So right. what I'm doing is I'm going in there and kind of leveling everything out mm-hmm. because people are going to be watching it on the internet. Yeah. So they're only going to have whatever their volume is Mm -hmm, totally. I don't know how much you would use that if you were just doing like a standard daily or something, but we use it
4: mainly on voiceover. And then also like on the end of all of our chains, like on the full mix, we'll use what's called a limiter, which is also kind of compressor mm -hmm, um, just mm -hmm. to keep things contained for, for the, the final output. But Otherwise, we're—I mean—with sound effects, unless we're going for a very specific sound, we're generally not reaching for that as much. We're using more EQ or uh, time-based effects like delay and reverb and that kind of stuff.
3: Or just manually, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
4: automating the volume
3: envelope. I mean, that's the thing is that I think, like, originally, if I if I'm remembering my history right, the compressor was like way back in the day as like kind of an auto leveler, like super ham-fisted one, but like audio was so Mm -hmm. like. Uh, uh, early on at that point, the quality wasn't very good anyway. Um, and, you know, to get like radio to work uh, and all that. But like at this point, it's like it's it's um, it's a more like delicate tool, I guess. Or not necessarily delicate because it's like, you know, like if you have like a lot of voiceovers are heavily compressed and that's what gives it that right. like voiceover sound, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Mm-hmm. It makes it sound right. really, you know, close up. And,
4: and you don't you know, necessarily need to do it so if you get <laughs> if you get a voiceover that's already compressed you don't need to add another one potentially like like, it, like not always at least um mm-hmm. it's
3: yeah, yeah most of the time when you're getting voiceovers from people online they've already run it through their compression and eq right. and stuff right right a mm-hmm.
0: right. Uh, yes impulse I, I i am running through a compressor technically right now online <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. software. It's, like, in there. But yeah. that's only because I'm on with everybody who's on Skype, and I'm on this microphone, and it doesn't have a lot of uh, g- base gain, I guess, would be the... the tr- yeah, so sometimes you got to put in line one of those uh, dynamite sticks or the cloud something-something mm-hmm. something on these. Cloud lifters, Yeah, but, yeah I don't do that on this. I yeah. did it, and I just didn't like how it sounded. Sure. Like, it was weird, but... Um, yeah, so I have to do that kind of in my software because you're just hearing this raw mic right now and mm-hmm. everybody else is coming through Skype and it's whatever Skype voodoo that is. Everybody's the same level on Skype and then I'm That's, down here. That I'm a compressor. That, Skype. Yeah, Skype's
3: got a compressor <laughs> yeah. built into it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Um, I had a question about stereo because when... You know, watching something on an iPhone or a computer, most of the time you don't have a lot of stereo. But, you know, if somebody does have a good set of speakers or listening to Apple headphones or something and they're listening to your piece, maybe a car drives by on your scene or something. You know, you, you want to you hear that. Um, however, you probably don't want to overdo the stereo. Um, do, do you recommend doing stuff in stereo if you're doing it daily or just keep that mono?
2: I don't know. I think you can do it in stereo. I mean, it kind of just depends on the effect that you're going for. Even on like a phone these days, there, you can get stereo separation, even though the speakers right. are right next to each other. The <laughs> iPhone, phones... do you do
4: that? The iPhone is in do
2: Dolby Atmos. Mix? <laughs> yeah. Like they yeah, actually, I know. Um, Technically,
0: it yeah. doesn't
2: sound, you know, as you would imagine, or as you might plan it when you're listening on headphones or in front of speakers, like yeah. where the panning is going to go, but you still yeah. might get a sense of movement or direction from it on a, an ideal listening situation.
0: Um, I hear that the new um, Apple headphones will actually let you hit a button and, and freeze the spatial audio so that when you turn, you yeah. can actually hear it in a different direction. Yeah, I messed
2: with that the other day. It's so cool. I don't really... I mean, it's cool. I <laughs> Like, why? I see no right? situation where I need to do that. But right. it is, like, an interesting way. And it, <laughs> I turned it on by accident one day. And, I like, <laughs> when you start turning your head, it's, like, real disorienting. You're like... Where's the music coming from? <laughs> but it's 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 fascinating.
0: But if you're doing something like for a, for a spot like that, do you do a lot of heavy stereo in that? Like maybe the the music is in stereo or whatever, but but do you do a lot with stereo imaging or do you stay pretty center? when you're creating this type of work?
3: So I, I think, I mean, there's a lot of considerations, like considering like where, where it's going to end up. So like conferences, we don't do stuff that's like hard left and right because where someone's sitting right. in the venue is like, they might not hear what's happening. But um, mm-hmm. I think the big thing about Sarah that maybe people don't realize is that it creates a lot more space in your mix by being able to like, you basically have like this, this wide panel that you can... Um, play sounds across and our ears are able to pick things up spatially where like if you have two people talking and they're standing like right at the same spot, it's going to be a lot harder to differentiate them than if they're standing far apart. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we use stereo for is we always put the voiceover in the center channel and the wider the Mm -hmm. stereo is the more space that voiceover has essentially. So like if I have a guitar and I put it right in the same Part of the stereo image as the voiceover, it's going to compete more with that. But if I pan it off to the side, it's going to um, give more space for the voiceover. And it's going to make it easier to hear. Um, and so, but in the
0: middle, will it sound more present, or or does that not make a difference? Um, if if you're hearing it in the middle, as no, opposed to the side. I,
3: I don't I don't think so. Um, I mean, it, it depends on your system, I guess. Like if if you're using like a soundbar that has. Uh, you know, Atmos' is center channel and stuff, it might sound a little cleaner. But that's why, mm-hmm. I like, a lot of those, like, nice sound bars, they have a specific center channel driver, uh, so you get, like, the voiceovers coming from, like, a, a clear source. Um, I think that's kind of getting more... Into, that gets into the weeds, but... Uh, um,
2: yeah, a like, lot of in times, general... Oh, sorry, go oh ahead, yeah,
3: I was going to say, like, a lot of times, though, we don't, like, put things hard left and right separate like a lot of times it's kind of a mirrored image type of a thing where like
5: mm-hmm.
3: we, you want it to have a sense of space to it uh but you're kind of giving everything its own space in the in the stereo image um and then with sound effects i'd say we don't usually get too crazy with left and right because you know we're not we're not doing like uh sound design for like a, a movie theater or something and so like the right. placement of the speakers in relation to the screen could be pretty different Um, so we're kind of doing what sort of just feels right. I don't know. So what were you going to say, Trevor?
2: No. Yeah, uh, that's all really true and great. Um, in general, like everything's playing back in stereo anyways, in terms of like, it's all a stereo file. What's being printed in the video is a stereo file. It's going to be two channels. Mono is just both channels are playing the same thing. And so it kind of, with stereo, you kind of are able to get the flexibility of having some slight differentiation that really allows intelligibility and experience of your audio to be a lot more in-depth. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm pretty mono about things that, like, you can get really distracting being in stereo. <laughs> uh, like, if you just, like, start pinging things around to left channel, right channel, and, like, swirling around... Sounds fun, but usually is not the purpose yeah. of the video, or it's like very distracting to like what mm-hmm. someone's trying to
0: say if there's dialogue or a voiceover. Um, and you never want to go full pan, right? Because you if can you're totally on go a, full pan
4: if yeah, you want. There, I no mean, if you're rules. on a device
0: that's like missing like a or a device that's mono, sometimes you only get the left channel. You know?
2: Yeah. Generally, that would be. A device that is outputting mono, unless it's very poorly designed, is summing the left and the right into a single channel. Mm -hmm. Uh Um, And so you are going to get what's panned hard left anyway, and it's just going to be center. Um, And that can be something definitely to consider in terms of you can check your mix in mono to make sure it's working in mono. So that's something that we'll often do is um, you can, with different tools, turn everything mono. So it just collapses it down to one channel. And just to make sure that you, when it's in mono, it still is somewhat sounds similar to how it did in stereo. Even if it's, it's always going to sound mm-hmm. more cluttered and worse in mono. But um, usually, if you've done a good mix, when you when you sum it down to mono, you can still hear everything, and and the kind of layers of where things are at are still relative to each other, even if it's not. And it make
0: sure you're not accidentally phase canceling anything too <laughs> i've done that before for sure i was like oh okay this sounds kind of cool like this and i put some filter on it and then once it's down to mono it's canceling itself out <laughs> and i realized that i did it wrong totally you
2: know? <clears throat> yeah no that's definitely a concern especially with like um big stereo effects can sound really cool in the way that they use phase and filtering to make those effects but when you take those things and turn them down to mono sometimes they practically disappear yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah if you had only one software instrument that you could use what would you pick what would it be cuz there are some software instruments out there that are huge like i would pick serum cuz i love messing with serum you can do a million things with serum right nice, like yeah. se- or ser- serum serum ser- serum or serum serum yeah i don't remember how you pronounce <laughs> it um for me it's that's opt- a great multi tool Omnisphere. Yeah, okay. Okay. Omnisphere yeah. I saw somebody mention cool that
4: because it's
3: it's kind of a synth and a sampler at the same time, and there's a lot uh-huh. of flexibility. It does a lot of things. I don't know that that's yeah. what I would recommend to somebody if they were going to just yeah. buy one synth because it's it's hefty, but I get a lot
2: of utility out of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know how I'd pick just one. I use a lot of the arturia plugins um arturia has Mm -hmm. a whole suite of software synthesizers um so i guess i would just pick the uh the arturia lab because it's kind of a condensed version of all of the synthesizers into one one kind of easier Mm -hmm. to use plugin um but yeah i mean that's kind of my go-to of what i use when i'm like trying to create some sort of synth sound is i'm generally pulling up one of those but that's just because it's like every synthesizer from every era so i can kind of (laughs) i can do whatever i need inside of that suite of suite of plugins I, I, yeah, I would probably
4: say the same as Trevor. Like that's what we both use the most. I think for our, our synth sounds as we're creating, um, is just opening up Arturia in some some form, and uh, picking picking one of the the synths. Uh, sometimes it's literally just a random random synth in that in that plugin <laughs> folder that I'm just like, I wonder what this sounds like.
1: <laughs> yeah how how often are y'all create actually like creating music on top of you know, doing the sound effects and stuff like that.
2: I would say a good chunk of the time. I mean, in between, I mean, this is something Wes should speak to because he's really the composer on the team. So he does all the music where Chad and I are sound designers, mixers. We we handle that side of things. Um, but like Wes has, I'm just going to brag on Wes for a second, but he has a, a library of hundreds and hundreds of tracks. Like, I don't know how many exactly. Probably like plus. 700
5: at this yeah. point yeah
2: like pieces of music that he's composed that people license from us all the time um, oh, cool. for different projects so even if he's not composing that's a where the real track money is scratch <laughs> 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 yeah i mean it's a good thing yeah, it's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> he's spent all of these years making hundreds of tracks and it makes sense that they should not be used just once in a lot of situations mm-hmm. well right. what's yeah you know? what's
3: what's it's something that's great with music and i i would imagine like with back. certain assets with um with motion graphics too, it's like something is, is you could use like a texture for lots of different projects or whatever, like with mm-hmm. music. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, we'll do, we'll use a song and it's for like a golf commercial. And then it's also used for a bank and it's also used for a car. you yeah, like, it's just really funny how, mm-hmm. how different, um, applications there are. But yeah, for us, what we do is we have the library and then we often have an option to customize uh, that Mm -hmm. track. So like if someone comes to us looking for music and they might not even necessarily know if they want to license or have something original, we'll often start by pulling stuff from our own library as reference material. Mm -hmm. And that helps it to be like, you know, if this is your reference, at least we know for a fact it's in our wheelhouse. And if your client gets attached to it, we can just customize it and make it feel like it was originally written for your piece, you know, so that it flows exactly how you want.
1: Dave and Um, I the the company that we met where we met it was a a, like their main source of income I guess was licensing out their jingles to like really crappy commercials right and so uh, it's interesting hearing that you would license the same thing out to multiple things because I thought it was so weird that he would use the exact same jingle with the exact same, uh, like, slogan, you know?
5: <laughs> that's like,
1: a little weird. That is pretty yeah, weird, yeah. That would be like, <laughs> like that's
3: what we're doing, audio branding, like, just repurposing yeah. audio brands. i mean like
1: in in they would they they had a freed's furniture here in dallas you can afford your dreams right and then the exact same song in cincinnati for a bank you can afford your dreams (laughs) it
3: actually makes total sense though because they're just completely different markets right it's like that's Mm -hmm. kind of how it is with you know with the stuff that we license is it's like you know, occasionally we'll do exclusive deals, but most of the time brands, like they don't care because there is so much content out there. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, even if it's been used a dozen times, it's like the chance that somebody is going to hear it and associate it with something right. else, you know, is, yeah. is so low. Right. Um, which is not at all to devalue, you know, original exclusive, you know, pieces like that's, you know, I mentioned audio branding. It's like, we love doing yeah. audio branding because it's like, this is for you and you alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs>
1: Kind of and thing, do they have but... to license that from you, like if, yeah. or, or is it like I'm hiring you to do this music? Because that's such a huge difference from the MoGraph world. The MoGraph yeah. world, it's like they're hiring us to do a thing. We don't ever see it again. We get a paycheck. We don't get residuals unless it's like NFTs or crap like that. You know. Yeah, most it's of the like...
3: time, most of the time with music, uh it is not work for hire. Yeah, Um, just because I think I think it has to do with historically that like with music, it's always been a thing where people licensed music because music exists outside. It'd be kind of like more like, you know, how how someone might license a a piece of artwork to print on a T-shirt or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Right, And so we that's part of our like quoting and negotiating is like understanding like the value of the piece, like, okay, what is the usage of it? Is it going to be a TV commercial or is it just like an internal piece or whatnot? These things Mm -hmm. would probably be really familiar to someone like licensing through somewhere like the music bed or Marmoset, um, Mm -hmm. where they, they will make, give you a price depending on how you're going to use it specifically. So we, we do that. Even when we write something original, um, most of the time it's non-exclusive and we will own it at the end of the project. Um, mm-hmm. And really, that's just a way that we can write original music for your project cheaper because right. that piece of music at the end holds way more value for us because, I mean, one, we can license it, but also just having a body of work is so useful right. for us to be able to show and like to, to pitch with and to owe it to know like, hey, we could you could use this if you wanted it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a thing.
1: Do you have um, to make sure that you're not reusing it for, you know, the same markets and stuff like that? you we, know yeah is that, I mean, is, is that like a like you have notes written down for each track don't use this in cincinnati don't use this
3: one in <laughs> dallas
1: you know?
0: like the dmas <laughs> right. or whatever yeah, right?
3: i mean we've um we've occasionally we've had agreements where they say like hey can it be exclusive for like our industry and we go totally absolutely we make a note mm-hmm. of that uh, usually we just name the file like exclusive for this <laughs> thing right. so right. we can't yeah. accidentally you That's know funny. put it back out yeah. but
0: um, what other, like, what are some other good plugins <laughs> oh, that, no. that you could recommend? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just, we talked about, like, you know, getting into it, right? Oh, mm-hmm. here's, like, some, you know, easy piece of software to start using to do instruments. But if you are looking at getting some sort of plug these these plugins work with just about anything honestly i mean anything that'll take a vst plugin for the most mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. um like for example i love the native instrument stuff i like the complete because complete it, while it's expensive probably like 500 bucks or something like that it's like a plugin with a ton of other plugins in it yeah it's like, a huge it bundle. has like a million of them yeah, yeah. for sure i like I mean, mr horse starter.
1: the uh, audio mr horse oh, yeah. where you can just I bring they all did that, that stuff now. yeah <laughs> Mr. Horse yeah. has just a whole bunch of like stock audio things, and you could just bring them in and use them as you need in After
0: yeah. Effects. <laughs>
3: That's
0: awesome. I, yeah, uh, I don't pl- I, you know. Plugin wise, though,
3: I'd say we don't really, like in sound design, we don't use a lot of plugins other than like yeah. synthesizers to make like musical sound effects.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, as a company, for like our processing tools, we all use Fab Filter. Yeah. Um, for, like, our EQs and compressors and Mm -hmm. limiters and, like, kind of our audio processing tools, um, which we're all incredibly stoked on. Like, FabFilter just makes the most uh, easy-to-use, flexible, great-sounding tools for that. Like, you can use each of those things, and there's so much depth to each of those plugins. yeah. Yeah. But their price point is, like, kind of high for if you just want an EQ. It's more of, like, we invested in it because we knew we were going to be using, like, these four things every day for the next decade so like let's just use the one that we want to use yeah
0: uh, there's uh packages that you can get with them though like like my suggestion would be to get the like compressor limiter package and then the one that comes with the multiband compressor because mm-hmm. they have a great multiband compressor totally. but you're right like the ease of use on those are are pretty freaking incredible like, yeah. yeah whoever designs their
2: graphic interface needs an award <laughs> it's really great yeah <laughs> I'd yeah. say I mean another
4: easy win is the isotope stuff too if as far as like um mm-hmm. their like I mean, production o- suite, o- yeah, I mean like the ozone software they're like a i mastering like we joke about it, but like it's actually like pretty good, <laughs> and like it it would if you're doing like a piece of music or just trying mm-hmm. to set, set levels to certain uh l u f s measurements or whatever like it can do that for you really quickly. Um, it also comes with a great plugin called Tonal Balance,
3: where right. you can import a reference audio file, yeah. and it yeah, will show incredible. you the like EQ curve. I use that we every use that single piece of track yeah. or every track I work on because mm-hmm. it's like I just want to like double check like is this in the realm of where it should mm-hmm. be?
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. another great in terms of references and how to make sure mm-hmm. what you're doing is good. Is Tonal Balance is really great just to make sure that you aren't, like, totally fatigued. Like, it is actually sounding like you think it yeah. sounds. <laughs> right.
4: Or or if you yeah. have, like, really small speakers and you don't know what the low end's doing, like, it can actually, like, show you, like, oh, you have a ton of low end. Or or <laughs> the opposite, either way, yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, and um, along with isotope stuff, I mean, RX is mm-hmm. incredibly useful in terms of audio repair. Yeah. Uh, I know you all said but, Audition yeah, hopefully has Hopefully you never have to use it
4: well, <laughs> back to, uh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're we're releasing this sound pack today from Camp MoGraph. All of those sounds were treated through RX and like processing in there as far as cleaning up, um, you know, the sounds of the woods that we were in um, for Camp MoGraph. <laughs> yeah. So like we, we were able to like truly transform these like handheld field recorder recordings into, uh, like, very usable sounds just using RX alone, and that was really incredible. So, yeah, it's an amazing tool.
0: ADO, a- ADO, D O ADO. We don't use any of their It's stuff. the number eight. <laughs> they have a lot of good instruments, yeah. like like <laughs> recorded instruments, right? Like, they right. just came out with something called Sound Paint, and I've got a bunch of those, and they meticulously went in and recorded a ton of stuff for it, custom. yeah. Know. I know. Cool. I
4: have a composer friend that uses. I think their acoustic guitar stuff or something. Yes, yeah. it is really good. Yeah, it is
0: really good. But yeah, um, yeah. Also, that complete. A, yeah, yeah.
2: A free thing that I have just recently started to dabble in is that uh, Spitfire is a company that makes like really incredible, especially in the orchestral world, like sample libraries and virtual instruments that you can use. But they have a Labs uh, world oh, yeah. that is. It's incredible. Um, these free totally free to use incredible sounding they're like a little bit more niche and specific they're not as expansive as like spitfire can do but they sound really good like (laughs) there's some strings and odd instruments and like different composers and interesting musicians have helped create these kind of one-off libraries that you can use i i've actually been using them recently just because some of them sound amazing
4: And, Mm -hmm. and, and and to add to that too they also have a really cool um program or whatever they, I don't know what you would call it, but it's called Piano Book. It's like kind of affiliated with Spitfire as well, where it's uh, a bunch of people creating their own sample libraries for that same platform um, and submitting them. And you get some really super interesting um, sounding instruments that way for free. So it's amazing.
3: And even Spitfire well, has big, their like, they have a series of like $30 plugins now that sound really great. And the nice thing with those is like, they're just simple. And so they're easier to use and get good sounds out of. Cause a lot of times, I mean, I imagine the same with like motion graphics. It's like, you can buy the biggest, baddest, you know, render or whatever, but it's not like you're going to be putting out big, bad renders until you've gained all the experience you need to, to mm-hmm. do it. Right. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Big question. Antares or Melodyne? Or both? <laughs> both.
4: <laughs> both.
0: I love that. I've always done more Melodyne, but Antares is great.
4: Yeah. I'd, I'd say yeah. both i they're they used differently melodyne's like if you want some a vocal to sound like really clean uh with the tuning that that's definitely a good way to go and is like more yeah i mean it has the the auto-tune the sound.
3: fly yeah little little altar boy yeah. all the way yeah
0: oh man yeah that's yeah, always fun too yeah yeah i i I have and Terry's, Here's the problem. I write about one song a year, and I never <laughs> do anything with it, and I buy every plugin that I need to do it no matter what, I and love then that. I, you know, write it off. Uh I I really want to play with Melodyne, but I haven't purchased it yet. So, I keep it's looking fun. at it. I keep see seeing people do doing real things with it and then funny stuff with it on TikTok. They take it and like redo Smash Mouth songs with it all the time. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that, uh, but I'm sure it's great. <laughs> so yeah i was kind mm-hmm. i was kind of curious on that uh
4: so. another cool software in that realm is uh synchro arts revoice or they have uh shoot i think it's something vo- vocal line um those those products are really cool too a lot of like adr people actually who work in post will use revoice to sync uh like adr tracks or whatever to uh you, 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 it's it's like mm. Melodyne where you can actually tune stuff but then you can also take like
0: stretch words or something yeah, well, like you, t-
4: you take like the reference dialogue from set or whatever and it can actually like shift the uh, dialogue oh. into like both tonally and um, and like pitch wise and like time yeah, w- time wise all yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah it kind of makes it fit yeah. together
4: it's really, it's really powerful I, I've just started to mess wow. with that
0: as well so yeah that's interesting I've seen a lot of the tonal converters too where you could take like you load it into some AI Google thing, and you can change a flute and make it sound like a trumpet. Oh, wow. oh yeah, know. Magenta, oh, cool. I
3: think. Is that what that is? I forget what it, it's that's called. That's that machine. It's, yeah. so, it's so wild.
0: And we, t- and we touched on it a little bit, too, but sync licensing, like if, if if you are getting into writing songs and you feel like you're pretty decent at it, I'm I'm hearing that there's a good living to be made doing sync license stuff right now, Make purposely making stuff that you know that is going to be useful for... You know, television, movies, Netflix shows, Mm -hmm. documentaries. MoGraph.com intro. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I feel like I have a little experience in that area because I've been making the MoGraph stuff and it has to have, like, a certain formula to it to work with the promos. But, like, that's kind of the thing with the sync license stuff is creating stuff that you feel like people are going to use Mm -hmm. and
2: buy. Wes knows quite well that there's just a big difference from like creating a song for a band and then what's actually useful for video content (laughs) yeah and and (laughs) and, and like what you need when you're producing a video
3: yeah and depending on like what kind of video too it's like I'll write music that's like okay this is for podcasting and it's like the most minimal type thing like this is like explanatory music and it has like this kind of story arc to it that you can cut together and this
1: um, is for news broadcast (laughs) exactly
5: yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely like a different –
2: it's a different headspace than just like writing the song, so to speak. But if you know how to do it well, I mean, it's it's a very cool thing.
0: And do those variations too, Mm -hmm. you know, so that when you put it up on – (laughs) premiumbeat.com. You have, like, all the variations, you know. They could use this when they go to commercial break. They can use this for the intro. That's always what I'm looking for when I'm trying to find, like, a a premium beat song. It's like, how can I chop this up and use it, like, ten different ways and Mm -hmm. let my... $40 $40 go to good use for this <laughs> you know? Yeah, right.
3: God forbid mu- your music costs more than $40. <laughs> oh, true,
2: true. And this is why maybe not everyone should jump into the sync licensing realm. Right. Because a lot of that stuff is a large market for $40 songs yeah.
0: that... Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, saturated. it's like doing stock photos or... Yeah, it, it is saturated.
3: I think for yeah. us, like, the the kind of where what I, we've fallen into is, like, that the library is really there more to facilitate the original like design work that we're doing, you know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's really unusual for us to do a project where we only provide the music and we don't mix it and don't sound design it. Um, usually it's the other way around it's people come to us because we have all these resources for sound and for music and we treat them all like kind of tools in the same toolbox, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's nice. And even sometimes it's like, we, we work with other library tracks, um, or sometimes we are hired like as basically music supervisors to find music somewhere else. Maybe if we don't have the right thing in our library or like we, we, when we do audio branding, we're often putting together playlists and making recommendations of this is a library that would be good for these types of things. Here's like a a playlist of songs that like suit your brand Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So, Yeah it's a yeah music sync there's 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 a ton of great resources out there there's a lot of opportunities um but it's also really about finding like where you fit into that it took me a really long time before to to get repped in any libraries even Mm -hmm. and even still like that's really a small portion of of income um just because of you know the way our company is like is positioned
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it can be a good source of income but just like if you were going to do motion graphics and you were going to make stock stuff and sell yep. it on Pond5 you got to yeah. like you got to dedicate yourself to that yeah, yeah. you got to put a lot of stuff cuz then you got Envato elements that gives research. it all
1: to you for free for like 30 bucks a right. month yeah.
2: right yeah, yeah exactly yeah. it's a very similar um, market i i imagine mm-hmm.
0: right yeah well what what say you we go to the drop? Let's let's
1: go into the drop.
6: The drop, the drop
1: is this my, the my This is exactly what I should be doing. Ah. What's up and welcome to this week's episode of The Drop, your weekly source for all things NFT and crypto art, as well as upcoming drops by notable people in the MoGraph industry. I am Matt milstead Joining me as always is Dave Coss, and joining us. From Sanctus, West Slover, Chad Walbrick, and Trevor Richardson. Thanks for joining us, y'all. I'm really interested to hear what you think about NFTs and in NFT audio, audio specifically. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. Yes.
0: Feel free to be so what as we got to...
1: delightful or as angry as possible. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, what
0: do you got in the week's drops before we get to that there? Let me
1: get there because I was on my intro thing. All right, cool, Aww. uh, we don't have a lot on Nifty gateway Nifty Gateway only had their their schedules off from us, so we only have one. It's the one that's going right. on tonight um first one, uh, a couple of illustrators, really cool looking illustrators I think a lot of them are illustrators through this week um we've got van orton uh doing this one really cool looking stuff. I really like it it's uh it's like you know it's like a stained glass window like stained glass window, yeah, really neat, and then you know you got your skull moth thing which is yeah like you do like you do. it's an nft yeah. it's
0: got to have a skull right of course you know yeah <laughs> so you know it's good
1: and then uh uh merriam ampersand i think is how you say it Miriam ampersand uh is uh another oh, illustrator doing a drop Never. tonight yeah so there you go uh that's the one for nifty gateway uh i am excited about it looks like on. yeah it might be could be procreate i don't know procreate Sure, it right. looks
0: like it yeah
1: if you too want to make procreate nfts you could go to our <laughs> website and pick up our new procreate course by link at you right only on mographcom slash classes um uh next up in maker's place uh reed zimmerman also known as late night renders is doing a drop uh this one i really liked this one i like the sound design for it you guys might like the sound design i don't think we ah, can show the sound design out. but yeah i thought this no. one was really pretty uh, I like I I I like that I like that the intricacies inside the bodies. I like, the, and stuff robots. like yeah, the robots. Yeah, the robots are cool. They're cool robots. Come on, full spectrum so, robots. There's one thing about Maker's Place that I think is weird. Um, and uh late night renders actually did a good job at the end. Like it's like Maker's Place makes them put this really awful generic logo at the end where it says their name and it says Maker's Place. Anyway. Oh you'll see yes. it on some of the other what you're ones saying. Uh so that's yeah. the uh that is tomorrow. That's the 12th uh late night renders. Uh next up 413 Amir H Fala uh is doing one. Uh I really like this one. Uh, the story behind it is like they would go to all these different libraries and stuff like that and like, you know, collect things and paint like the histories and stuff. See that 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 ugly Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what it's so stupid. It's so gross. Yeah, it's an ugly <laughs> graphic. Come on, maker's place. You, you, you got the best artists in the world doing drops. Just get one of them to, like, you know, design you a little... Do a little title or something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. You know? Uh, yeah, that's really funny. cool stuff. I really like that one. And then the last one is uh, Nadi Bremer uh, and UNICEF. Uh, they're doing these uh, patchwork metropolis or something like that. Uh, hmm. s- straight up gives me Mary Blair vibes, you know, who oh, did... Cool. Uh, a lot of the disney artwork and stuff like that back in the day Mm -hmm. like really pretty stuff yeah yeah. like i think uh in the description it talks about how uh uh there are a um reminds me of that video information information like organization i can't remember what the exact wording is but it's like it's using ai in order to like organize the stuff or data management or something it's pretty neat yeah, neat. Once you hmm. look it up. Anyway, so that's it for the main drops. Uh, yeah, let's get into NFTs. Let's let's hear about the world of audio NFTs because yeah, I'm sure there's all, a lot going on. Because does that exist? Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, I I I think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be huge. You know, once uh, people rebrand the term NFT, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't sound so gross, right? <laughs> but yeah. like, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of artists. Uh, that I know personally have done NFTs and they always need audio with it. And they're either buying crap off a of premium beat, which I'm not sure if they're allowed to, or right, yeah. they're reaching out to actual artists like y'all, you know, uh, similar to y'all and like having them create original artwork for it or original sound design for their pieces. You know, mm-hmm. I'd love, I'd love to hear what y'all think about that. About and the, have you done any NFT audio yet? Yeah. <laughs> <all talking
2: about>. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, I don't think and any that's of us... the end of the drop yeah
5: <laughs> yeah there you go
2: I don't think any of us have personally done audio for or have done our own nfts or anything like that mm-hmm. or produced mm-hmm. any of our own mm-hmm. um, so we don't have that first-hand experience of of being in that world ourselves though I know that we have definitely had conversations and offers as a company for different things that I'm sure Wes can talk about mm-hmm
3: yeah, we did uh, that down on the Render Farm, uh, David Aru, or actually, I don't know how to pronounce oh, his last name. Was that y'all? R- Aria. R- R- yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, that was a piece that we did um, with him for School of Motion that he minted. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did, <laughs> we did uh, NBA Top Shot. We did the sound design for the app itself. And that mm-hmm. was one of those things where like, what, you know? crypto trading cards what is this yeah. like right. okay whatever should
2: have yeah. charged more yeah. for that one
5: yeah,
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> after we saw how much they were selling for after they went out we we're like well that was something we probably should have realized was a lot bigger than we <laughs> <Yeah>. thought
5: <laughs> right
1: yeah you can use that to sell other things right <laughs> yeah. yeah um
3: yeah. But yeah, I, you know, NFTs are something that I, I feel conflicted about. I think there's really, really exciting, amazing stuff happening in the space. And there's also like, you know, the environmental impact of the the proof of work, uh, blockchain and these kind of scams that are happening within For sure, NFTs. Yeah. And I don't know. So I was just kind of at this point where I'm like, well, I'm like ambivalent enough that I just want to not do them right now, but I am really excited mm-hmm. about the future of those. And I think that they're doing, you know, really cool stuff uh, you mm-hmm. know, cool opportunities for artists for sure. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I get the Trevor, you could speak more to like the audio NFT scene. Cause you've been following that more than I have.
2: Yeah. And I can't say that I've followed it in depth, but I do see that there are people that are creating a lot of cool stuff, especially, um, I've gotten into touch designer recently, which Ooh. is, uh, for motion graphics, people probably know what that is. Other people mm-hmm. might not. Um, but it's super cool. Um, And I really enjoy... I mean, you can make sound and you can make synthesizers inside of Touch Designer. Mm -hmm. Like, it is such a flexible tool that you can actually do a lot of. Um, But in getting into that and learning it and kind of just wanting to know more about audio reactivity and visuals and that sort of thing, um, mostly just to be a better collaborator with people that do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And, like, knowing what the possibilities of that world are, I've noticed that there's a lot of amazing artists out there that are honestly, like musicians first that have that have taken that and made amazing touch designer pieces mm-hmm. um, that are like this beautiful fusion of music and visuals and kind of creating these whole worlds um, and i've noticed just like in that world there's a lot of people that are, that overlaps with they meant them and they do nfts and it's awesome i mean i just think it's such a beautiful and cool type of art that otherwise didn't really have an outlet or mm-hmm. like a place to really show that sort of thing or you know mm-hmm. um so i think that's really my favorite thing about a lot of the nft world is just it's drawn a lot of attention to a lot of amazing artists and art that i totally agree there yeah. was no mm-hmm. space for before or like it was just too disposable before it was just mm-hmm. like i mean if you were into it you would follow someone on instagram or something and like see what they made and thought it was cool but like right. now there's like a little bit of a platform and a place for people to like actually engage and like give it the value that it always kind of deserved if that makes Mm -hmm. sense
0: yeah what do you think about some of these artists that are selling like an entire album as an nft or or didn't wu-tang do like there's an album out there only one person owns or something and
4: And a lot lot of artists are doing it where like it it gives you special like premium access to like buying tickets to the shows or Mm -hmm. I, I, i i think that it the community aspect of it is very cool, like where it's like, it's, it's a key into a community versus, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I definitely, uh, I, I have not dabbled in, um, NFT personally a, a ton. Um, I've just started to dip my toes into buying, uh, Bitcoin and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. starting to get my head around that. But, um, but I, I do think there's a lot of cool opportunity for, you know, bands who are going on the road to have, this higher income stream come from NFTs as they're like the super fans can get access to like these community perks that um, Mm -hmm. are otherwise like, yeah, I I don't know would would be harder to monetize probably or or harder to, uh, to organize.
0: So yeah. Mm -hmm. And And that's great for the artists too, because like a lot of them don't make money off of the actual publishing. It's, it's the concerts, ticket sales and the merch and all the other stuff. Well,
3: and with, yeah, with music, it's just like the income streams have just like, continually disappeared (laughs) and like there's been you know for for a good while there's been this kind of like thousand true fans like model of being a a musician that's like just try to have like a thousand fans who are like completely dedicated we'll buy anything we'll go see you Mm -hmm. in concert and i think nfts are such a cool example of that where you can be like i believe in this artist so much i love this artist so much that i want to like have a piece of ownership and in the work Right.
1: i like that idea i like that i like that that's cool Mm -hmm. yeah Hmm. But see, what I don't do you have to worry about, about... That,
3: they sell out to you know work with on commercials for uh, <laughs> right. you know MoGraph. So <laughs> <laughs> what? I uh,
1: I I I would love to know what y'all think about the future of where you think it w- it is going. You know, because for me, when I look at NFTs, I don't think you know. Well, one, it's got I I always say it's got a uh, it needs a rebrand. You know, because. People think NFTs. They think the dirty environment stuff. They think you know a bunch of crypto bros. They think rug pulls and stuff like that. You know, it's got a bad, <laughs> it's got a bad rep. Uh, but I'd love to know what you guys think, where it could possibly go, or what you think where it could what it could do in the future, especially in the audio world. Cool. That's the end of the, <laughs> the,
3: the drop. Yeah. <laughs> this is the problem of having three, three of us on. Actually, right. We don't know who to the, the, the start.
2: And go. And go. <laughs> and My go. answer's the easiest. Go. I don't know.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know that I have forecasts for exactly how it's going to work. I don't see it disappearing. I don't mm-hmm. see it being mm-hmm. a thing that, like, Um. I think it's going to change over time, but I don't think it's, like some people dismiss it as a thing that's happening right now. And we won't even be talking about this sort of, you know, NFTs at all in a few years. And I don't think that that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I just think it's built on something that's only becoming more and more integral to how we interact and how the world works and how the internet works. So I think it's not going away. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. where it's going though.
1: I, uh so I was having a discussion earlier about some of the stuff that recur has been doing you know with nfts i don't know if y'all follow them at all but like they've hired a ton of people in our MoGraph space you know and um uh uh hired a lot of really talented artists and stuff like that and they're you know they're a corporate entity that's pushing out licensed uh nfts for you know for brands and stuff like that and they recently just did this star trek drop and I think there was supposed to be. They only ended up selling a little under four thousand items, and I think there was fifteen thousand available. And it's like I, 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 have this worry that now that corporations have gotten a hold of this, and they're taking some of the artists away from this in order to create their, you know, it, they're empire. taking, yeah, they're taking, they're creating their empire. They're just like. They're taking advantage. I, I feel like they're taking advantage of the artists, you know, mm-hmm. because NFTs, yeah. in my opinion, were created for artists, you know, to be right. able to sell their artwork. And now that you've got the man basically coming in and being like, hey, brands, come over here. Let me sell your brand as an NFT and stuff like that. It takes away from the artist unless it is one specific artist who working with like a that brand as a collaboration yeah, right. or something, right. you know, yeah. for me personally, I, 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 wouldn't buy, I personally wouldn't buy an NFT just because it was a certain brand. You know, I have no interest in that, like actual physical collectibles and stuff like that. Yeah. I totally dig that. You know, I've got a, I mean, go- if you
0: like the tricks bunny and you want right. you know, to get all four <laughs> versions of their series, right. I mean, NFT, I guess
1: I've, I've, I've got a ghostbuster, you know, plasma gun thing an actual physical one back here i love it right but if it was like a a a jpeg i don't i don't really care about that you know i don't need to support some big corporation for that but like an artist on the other hand i own lots of individual artists artwork specifically because i want to support the artist you know and that's me personally that's where i feel like the nfts should go and that corporations need to stay out of it
3: you know sure. what well, i'm saying I think, I, yeah i'm oh, sorry go ahead Chad. i was really just gonna rip off what you had already just said
4: so <laughs> okay. <laughs> go ahead well, I, yeah I mean, straight I, up i see that there's like kind of a branch here where there's like there's people that are getting into nfts to make a lot of money or, or or try to make money and then there's people that are getting into it for like the community aspect or like patronage yeah. and that kind of thing and i think that's i mean that's what i would, would predict for the future to continue to see that split and w- whether or not each of those survives as like a, a means to an end. Uh, I I don't know yet, but uh, like I, I, I do think it's a really cool way. I mean, it, it could be the future of like what we've seen with Patreon as like a, a way for creators to have cons- more consistent income yes. um, in the community and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that would be like my, my hope would be like, that would be the majority of where NFT goes versus the, you know, corporations just uh, ripping out, like, yeah.
1: I think, I think also, you know, with the smart contracts and stuff like that, you know, Mm -hmm. it also puts into question being able to help stop piracy in a way, you know. Piracy is always going to be there. But if you're associating your specific, like, song that you downloaded, you know, it's not like for right now it's very easy to go on audio jungle or, you know, premium beat or whatever, download Ultimate a song jungle and then send beat. it to your oh. buddy and be like, Hey, how about this? You know, blah, blah, blah. Use it. blah." blah. unless, unless, you know, I, I, I don't know. And maybe y'all can speak to this. How often yeah. does audio jungle go? And they're like, Oh, you've got, you use that in my commercial. Let me see your licensing for it. You know, right. I, I don't know, but yeah. being able to, you know, Being able to uh, uh, have that smart contract associated with a specific download, you know, like being able to incorporate that. You have to have your wallet or whatever, your license associated with the actual like DAW that you're using or the editing software that you're using. You know, that can help stop piracy from happening, you know. Yeah. I don't know.
5: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's for uh, as far as like copyright stuff, there's like YouTube is like the easiest place that things get flagged because Mm -hmm. they'll like scour. Although I think with like audio Mm -hmm. jungle and stuff, that probably doesn't get, get picked up because it'd be complicated.
0: Yeah. I feel like I had it happen once and I'm like, really? Like I bought this song and you're flagging me. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know how to dispute it. Yeah,
2: I mean, that is really smart in terms of YouTube, in terms of material that has been released um, Mm
5: -hmm. in a
2: public way it is very smart about identifying that <laughs> in a video and taking uh-huh. it down pretty much immediately um, in a way that it didn't used to be.
4: I mean, I'd be uh-huh. curious if there's, like, a way that, um, like, it, it even translates to, like, an NFT could potentially have some kind of, like, way of... W- when you import that file into, like, Logic or Pro Tools or something like that, it can read, like, the metadata of the NFT or whatever. I don't, I don't fully Sure. Understand. And then, like, say, uh, you know, like... Hey, you like you don't have the license for this, or like you're you're not the mm-hmm. licensed user of this. I'm not sure if that will ever happen, but like, it that's all.
1: A, I mean, yeah. it would all have to be built into you know the actual software, right? You know, yeah. That that if you're wanting to use a specific thing, like you can link your account or your wallet or whatever over, and sure. that brings in all the licensing. But and what does... I like, what 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 another thing that it brings up is like, say you license out a song to someone, mm-hmm. right? And so that's sold as an NFT, you know, along with a smart contract, and someone can use that. However, if at another point they want to use it for another project, that licensing could come get back to you, like uh, as far as like you know, cost. You know, like oh, if someone else wants to license that, they can sell their license to that, you know, and continually make right.
3: money. So off I of guess it. the, the I question, know. and maybe this is where I don't I don't understand NFTs as well, is like. We we already do, as far as I understand, we already do this for software, but it's it's not decentralized. It's centralized through like iLock or through like yeah the you know through like an activation an code or whatever it yeah. is. Like, does it need to be on the blockchain? You know to inf- to enforce that type of right. thing. Like, is right. that I it mean would be, it
0: would be more normalized. You know what I mean? Like, um, imagine if your iLock stuff and your other serial numbers and everything else could all somehow link up together and you could just have one wallet that just yeah. verified you mm-hmm. and everything. Have you ever tried to set up a new computer in graphics or audio and then you've got to like get all the things set back up yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. all the passwords and all the licenses and everything takes forever. Man, if nice if NFTs are the future
3: address. to getting rid of iLock then I am 100%. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> That's the future yeah. I'm invested. This is, this is the utopia <laughs> that I'm bored
0: for. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, for sure. Yeah. I, I, oh, oh, boy. Look who's here. Hello, Dorothy. <laughs> hey, y'all. I was just finishing up my lunch, and I uh, had to swing by. I was just having a little uh, cauliflower. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> just got back from New York, an NFT convention. It's nice to be up back there every once in a while, because I'm a uh, New Yorkie. Oh,
1: no, you're oh, not. Man. <laughs> oh, you're man. not a Yorkie. <laughs> I, was,
0: I was hobnobbing. With the the canine NFT players, mm-hmm. you only get that kind of interaction with real-life meetup these days. You can learn a lot from that crowd, because most of them have their master's degree. Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> nope.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I gotta go. It's nice to be back in the warm Texas weather, where there's no risk of frostbite.
5: Bite. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Okay, be- bye! <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, bye! Okay, <laughs> bye!
4: the most well, dogs was... ever on this on the, the stream probably we got <laughs> quinn over yeah.
3: there yeah like, that's just, just <laughs> demeaning to quinn over there
2: <laughs> what did you think of that? those jokes quinn huh <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that's all right that's my face too every week <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well if uh cool. you or anyone you know has a uh or drop it an nft uh feel free to email us uh info at mograph.com we'll show it on the show uh otherwise other than that let's get back to the regular show
6: the drop, the drop
0: is this the fucking mic this is exactly what i should be doing Ooh-wee, y'all. Ooh-wee. we made it two hours and ten minutes well, doesn't feel like it does it, uh, it
1: flew by nice so fast, fast. I know. yeah
0: nice and fast when you've got yeah.
1: good conversation and people <laughs> who can actually like that you're not trying to like grasp for more it's an easy
4: show <laughs> Yeah, and if you have so, three people to spread out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't expect them all to answer all at once, yes. you know, right. we're good. As long as we get our cues right, the
0: usually
3: flows
0: nicely. Yeah. So. If people want to find you on the interwebs, mm-hmm. where can they find you online? Where's all your handles?
3: Yeah, so our, our website is sanctus.audio. Um, and then on, on I'm on Twitter's, my my social media, um, I'm at Poverty Island.
2: Cool. All right. Chad. And we got the company Instagram too. Yeah. Oh
3: yeah. Official, Official Instagram.
4: That's um, <laughs> at Sanctus.audio on okay. Instagram. I'm Any other Yeah. I mean I'm at Chad Walbrink on Instagram. That's my main thing. Um, but mainly doing stuff through through Sanctus' stuff. Sanctus' stuff.
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask if you're like posting anything on there or audio or you know, do you post like things you're working on or
4: sometimes, yeah, I mean mainly on the yeah. Yeah, mainly on the stories and stuff like that. I don't do a ton on the grid, but yeah.
0: Cool, cool, cool. cool.
2: I've got nothing in, interesting. Yeah. I got a Twitter, but no Instagram. Twitter's <laughs> just Trevor
0: Richardson. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool. We'll put links to all the things in the show notes. And uh hey, we got a newsletter. I think going out this week, if I'm not Are mistaken. I need to figure that out. I think I said that last week. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's been a blur trying to get taxes <laughs> done um hey next week by the way uh chris schmidt's gonna be on it's gonna be our pre-nab show pre-nab so make sure you check that out and no we will not no be show the show yeah the next week no right no no show the next week for nab we're gonna keep it nice and simple uh you know there there shouldn't need to be a show anyway because all of y'all will be at, at nab i would hope so right yeah. so i mean if you're not a show when we're all together then
1: you're just being a big loser jeremy
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> no we're gonna we're gonna have updates and things we won't be doing like videos the day of on the show floor but we are going to be doing some uh videotaping as the as kids call it (laughs) and uh jags is going to be there doing Mm -hmm. some stuff with us as well we're going to post it all later on uh we i think we will have some stuff on mograph tv like nab related all that week because you know why not it's nab week right yeah so check that out and then immediately after when we get back the monday after Mm -hmm. uh max on rick's gonna be on the show yeah which is good timing we can talk about everything that did happen and mm-hmm. the debauchery and whatnot and we can also <laughs> you know discuss anything that they may have announced on yeah. 420 uh so or after that. as well i don't know yeah so you can rate us on iTunes, leave a review. You can also subscribe on your podcast, your choice, and help get our ratings up. You say you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt with the MoGraph logo tee, the Feel the Bab, Paul, ba- the Paul Bab 2020 shirt. All the vintage and that go to Doctors Without Borders. Vintage Classic shirt. vintage. Classic vintage. Uh, that, uh, no, I'm sorry, the Render Things t-shirt, ho- t-shirt hoodie, and long-sleeve tee, the MoGraph blandishment shirt, and finally the That Render is Fire shirt, which you are only allowed to wear ironically.
1: Unless you're shams. Unless you're
0: shams. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. What's up, TikTok? Hi, TikTok. Anybody still watching? There's one person watching. And (laughs) MoGraph.com. And, of course, MoGraphTV. MoGraph.com slash TV. Or just go to our YouTube channel. We are always live. Always. This experiment will be cut off after next... March 1st if it is <laughs> Maybe. successful to so watch <laughs> yeah. the channel. So our uh, success relies it, 100% on it. you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot of programming it every is. week. Yeah. Okay. pickle nick's doing some of it now too yeah, he is. so yeah. Uh so make sure you support us on those and uh yeah. So that about wraps it up. We're going to get out of here. Until next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. I'm Wes. I'm Chad. I'm Trevor. It's pretty good. Have a good one. (laughs)
5: Later, yo. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye. It's
0: pretty good, I guess. Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world.
1: Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not gonna put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. We gotta stop this thing, Rick! It's gonna kill us all.
0: Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done? Yeah, you better
4: frame frame what?